Now here you go again. You say you want your freedom. Well, who am I to keep it down? It's only right that you should play the way you feel. But listen carefully to the sound of your loneliness, like a heartbeat drives you mad. In the stillness of remembering what you had and what you love. And what you have, and what you love. Oh, thunder only happens when it's raining. Players only love you when they're playing. Say, women, they will come and they will. I think that was an appropriate song for the calms during these storms that we are all experiencing right now. How did the pilot say it? Bit of turbulence going along with this whole freedom thing. So today is the 17th of August, 2021 kind of feels like we're in the same loop from last year. We were having these conversations about stealing elections. And, you know, I was pretty much getting hammered when people were like, the media doesn't call elections. Well, I told you they would. And they are. And that's because we need to understand who the real enemy is. And that's something a lot of people don't seem to understand. But it all boils down to you and me. So here's my special guest who we just caught off guard. Patrick, welcome to the Tori Says Show. I didn't even tell them who it was. You've got a bunch of people on WeChat no, watching now. I had your, uh, I was shazamming that earlier. What a, uh, what uh, dreams, but who's the, who's that, who did the cover of that? Oh, Fleetwood Mac. And it was, oh, I can, I, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you on Telegram. It's a pretty good cover. Yeah, it wasn't Fleetwood Mac. It was Boyce Avenue. Yes, that's it. Yeah. How'd you know? I was shazammed it, oh. as I said. Damn. That's how I was distracted. Yeah. Well, you always have good taste in music, Tori. Yeah. Well, I like the nice covers, right? I found this really nice cover with a with a multi group, but I was like, ooh, it was just too slow for me. Uh, so maybe next time when I'm in the mood to talk about calming storms. So everyone's really excited to have you on here. Today we were, I was officially terminated from live streaming on YouTube um, on all my channels because uh, what did they, they keep going back years back, days back to tell me that I have misinformation. So it's okay. Oh, Our no. Twitch family has just come in. So you've got about 3000 eyes on you just from Twitch. Uh, we're Hello. also Trovo. Oh, Tori Twitch fans. <laughs> We all are admirers of, of Tori, aren't we? Well, well, you should say something to your Chinese listener base on WeChat right now. You've got about almost a million on there. They always tap in. And they're not um, always all from China. Some are from Korea, Japan, India. Well, you know, there's are different languages. Yeah, but the majority of them are speaking Chinese in the chat. So I can't read Chinese. I've told them that. <laughs> well, then it's I should tell them. 
我很高兴你们都来到听我跟Tori谈话。欢迎你们来了。欢迎大家都来了。You're getting a lot of pants. You're getting what? <laughs> what did you tell them? I got a I lot of little pandas laughing. Welcome to coming to listen to me and Tori converse and welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome and welcome everybody. Something like that. <laughs> you've been doing some amazing things, Patrick. Everyone loves you for all the effort you've put in, you know, and sharing these amazing people that you have that work for you that I know that you've shared with many people in their efforts of trying to bring some transparency to all this confusion. I don't know if you can see, can you see the chat streaming by, at least from I, Twitch? I can't. Can. I'd love to. I do say, yeah. Uh, there's seven. Oh my gosh. I see your messages to me. No, I can't see anything streaming by. I would love to. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I can do that, but I'll figure it out how we can, how we can, you know, see Well, it. I'm so glad to be on your show, Tori, and I'm so glad to hear about, uh, uh, pardon me? There we go. You should be able to see them now. I fixed it. So you can. Oh, oh, I see. I'm on private chat. You want me in comments? Oh, yeah. ah. So well. there's where everyone's talking. Hey, how many? Well, that's terrific. So listen, I want to tell your listeners what a fan I've become of you. I first met you in early November, and we had a little, you know, we're big two personalities. But boy, did we, uh, did we take to each other quickly. I know that we're, we're a little different, but uh, I find such brains and insight in uh, some of the things you say. And you will probably recognize from my book, uh, anyone who's read the book, that great idea of how to get out of how to get the whole thing out, which was to go into six counties, open the boxes, look on live, count and examine on live stream TV. That was really Tori's nudging. By November 10th or 15th, she pointed out to me, well, I was already at the point that there's no way to fix this. It's an egg that we cannot unscramble. There's, I already knew what garbage the election was by November 10th or 15th. It's going to turn out when all these people report the reports, it's going to turn out that we have a more far crappier election system than anybody has any idea. Setting that aside, I didn't know what to do with that on November 10th or 15th. And it was Tori who after about a week of knowing me sort of got walked me through. With her face on. With her face person on. With her face on. And who? Not in person, not in disguise. Yes, in person. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. in, evidently we met once. It's funny when I met Tori in November, I looked at her and I said, ah, We've, I heard her voice. I died for 10 seconds. I said, we were five seconds. I said, we met once, didn't we? We've met before. <laughs> and we may have. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, that's how people get me. Actually, I was stopped at UPS when I was sending over my lawyer, my, um, you know, I had to go fill out some documents at a notary and someone stopped me at UPS yesterday and they didn't recognize me. They heard my voice and that's how they recognized me too. And it was so great just finding, you know, I should look crazier. I try to look as crazy as possible when I go out. So nobody, you know. Um, just so people know, Tori <laughs> is a very, you just get a glimpse of her picture there, but Tori's a beautiful woman. She's, she, there, I, she's a very beautiful woman, but she keeps that all hidden. And just, uh, so. <laughs> That's such I want, I want everyone to understand just how much you've done. Like in Arizona, you've done amazing things and it feels to a lot of people in the United States that, okay, so now we have it out, right? We've got this. What are we doing? 
They're completely, you know, uh, they're completely baffled. They don't know. Like even with the symposium, it was sabotage, whatever, all this stuff happened. Regardless, facts are facts, right? What do we do? Like, what do we do? So we have all this. Uh, Mike Lindell has a great idea with the Quo Warranto to go down to DC. That's an amazing idea. Tell me, walk me through this Quo Warranto uh, deal. Walk me through the, the, the thought. Well, Quo Warranto is questioning with what authority do you hold that position? Is there any lawyer who thinks that that's the... Uh... It's been done before. It's been done before uh, many times and they use it for like local stuff. The only person that can actually ask by which authority do you hold this position is actually President Trump. Yeah, I would imagine. You know, and the thing is, he needs to be armed with the right tools. I, I, that's what everyone says. But in essence, he's got all the people. That's all the tools he needs. What makes a president? The people. Not the media, not the corporations. I mean, I think. Uh, Do you remember that bim? Pardon me, but that bimbo. I forget what channel she was on. That that somebody maybe it was maybe it was Fox, maybe it was CNN or something. Where some guest, it was still, you know, it was December, but anyone with a room temperature IQ obviously got that there was something very hinky going on. And she she referred to the election, and some guest said something like. Well, it depends on how things get sorted out. And she kind of said, I don't know. What is he even talking about? It's been called. We've called it. The press has called the election. I mean, it was really silly. Like the Constitution says the press gets to decide. Wait, you want, me to blow, you want me to blow your mind? I have all my listeners and some some listener created a database called torysaid.com. So every single uh, radio, podcast, everything I've done, they've literally – uh, transcribed it. And you can go and see that in 2020, I was telling everyone, you know, who's calling these elections this year It's the damn press. It's not going to be a legislative body. It's going to be the press. I said it and people were like, you're so dumb. You're so fruity. And I'm like, man, I just know the future. Like predictive analytics isn't that hard. Um, but this is what's going to happen. The press is going to call it. And like I said, it AP did it. And another flex on AP was when they were with Hamas, what was it like a week, guys, two weeks? Remind me how I told you how Associated Press was hanging out with all the people of Hamas. And then when Israel hit them, what did they hit? They hit the headquarters of AP to get Hamas like two weeks later. This is like total straight up live. I, I said it. They have a plan. They've implemented this plan from the beginning. And, you know, it's just like the AFL-CIO, which, by the way, did you see that they whacked Trumpka? The head of the AFL-CIO, they whacked him. Come on. I'm dead yeah. serious. He died like a couple days after Jimmy Hoffa's anniversary. I thought they would have taken him out on the day to make it sweet, but they took him out a couple days after Jimmy Hoffa. Trumpka was taken out. Uh, they said it was an unexpected death. How did, why, do you make, why do you think he was whacked? Nah, because whose documents did we come to you with? Yeah. Remember, it was Trumpka stuff. I remember. Did, We're he give it to you? did he give it to you? No. Somebody else that was up with Trumpka gave it to Lieutenant Bennett. This oh. is how you get things done. And the thing is, we're going to introduce all that stuff in court. I mean, these people... Whatever. I want to hear what you guys are doing. You guys have been doing amazing things. And people need to know that because they only see like, 
posts and this and that. And then all these analysts analyzing words, like they're trying to say that all these people are saying, get out and go fight. And it's like, stop. This is a war for your mind. You use a pen. You don't come in with rocks. Um, you know, I, I want people to hear from you. Like, you know, where are you? What's, you know, like not where physically you are, you know, but like, where are we at? Like, what do you think your next steps are? Well, I would love, thank you, Tori, for giving me the chance to update everybody. Well, uh, I think that, so I know that, you know, everybody's hanging on like this. Uh, so on Maricopa, I will tell you the truth. I, I don't know the details. They have been punctilious about, even though it's well known that I'm sort of a, I don't know what I am. I've organized some of the some of the research on the ground and I help, I mean, the, the heroes are the grassroots people on the ground, but since about November 10th, since about the time I met you or eighth, I've been, I've been feeding and helping. We've been feeding and helping them. That all turned into this, this movement and the audits and so forth. There's a hero down there named Karen Fan. This woman, you know, she's going to save the Republic if this goes the way I think it will. They, they are being very careful about me not having details because we don't want, so I've arranged the funding, but without sort of, really having almost no visibility into the thing. However, that said, it's kind of hard not to know. I'll put it this way. I think that, I think that Maricopa is not going to get a clean bill of health. And I think that there may be, it's going to be decisive. And I think we ought to be prepared. I'm, I'm a science mathematical logic guy by background. Everything's about the evidence. We've been making these, you know, we noticed something by November 4th. And really, if you come into the Seth Keschel level at 50,000 feet, you can see mathematically what had to have happened. But then let's remember that after that, for most of us, not you, Tori, because you're a time traveler, but for most of us, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a bunch of hypotheses since then, really. And did you, have you seen any of my speeches where I talk about a poos cafe? Yes, yes, yes. That's a, isn't that a nice metaphor? It is. It is. And, 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 you know, Seth is incredible with numbers. He, yeah, he was, he, he's, he's given a great analysis to just kind of show how this and that is happening. But tell me like, okay, with Karen fan, I know you don't know the details for that, but I want you to kind of tell people what you're expecting without. Okay. So I'm, so I can tell you, I think when you find out a bunch of these levels that I, I my Pusca cafe is a drink with a whole bunch of different layers in it. 20 layers. We have 20 different hypotheses about how they cheat. We're super convinced they did cheat because of at the top level math. But you go and look at these hypotheses. I think we're going to find out at least a handful of them are valid. And the question is, uh, well, how bad are they? And if they're bad enough that not just to exceed the 10,000 votes that Biden won by, but suppose they show 100,000 fake votes in the system, supposed to show 150,000 fake votes out of 2 million. At some point, I mean, that, what did, and then you remember, look at all the institutions who have vouched for Maricopa since November 4th, you know, besides the EAC, besides CISA and Krebs and the DOJ and the, and, 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 right, and the right. they, they, they fired on all fronts. And the baseless base in the Washington Post, baseless, 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 no reason, no, well, no reason, no evidence, no evidence, no evidence. Well, if it turns out that we're right there, now you got this issue. There's five other cities that we've said, that, in my view, we've won. 
it's yes. it, it's up to the other side at that point to say, well, okay, maybe you were right about Maricopa, but we don't think you're right about all five, or all six. To which my response is, okay, pick one of the other ones. Let's do that one. <laughs> yeah, we're Let's test it. You know, and the Mesa. To be honest, the big news out of last week. So I'm pretty confident. I don't know why, but I so I do not know what's been found, but I can't imagine, given the little pieces I do know, I can't imagine that there isn't something rather significant to, or horrifying even to release. But I don't know that for a fact. Um, the no, no, I, I agree. There's a lot of things going on. They used all, all things to obfuscate the foundations, which was, you know, that they weren't certified and that was purposeful in order to avoid any COTS inspections. Right. Yeah. And, and nothing certified. You tore, you have it just right. You, you told me this the first day I met you. If yeah. you dig in those certifications, you're going to find none of this. Everything is They didn't loud. even have a quorum. They didn't even have a quorum. And the thing is out of all the senators, Senator Wyden bid on it. And he confronted the pro V and V guy. And he was like, yo, we have elections in a couple of weeks and you're not certified. Like he confirmed that with a letter to him. So, you know, when I did my, my, my affidavit, I remember I could have just, you know, put it all out there and added all this where they could have dismissed conspiracies, stayed on point with it. But what, what Patrick is describing is incredible because these people completely uh, hit on all fronts. They bamboozled us with suitcases, if you remember. Let's get uh, to specifics. Let's get to yeah. specifics. And let's, yeah. walk, let's teach your, your viewers a little bit. There's an organization called the EAC. It's the Election Assistance Commission. It's a federal organization, right? And when, we, when the U.S. passed this law, the Help American Vote Act, they said, we'll, anyway, they, this, this commission. Yeah, we'll, cer we'll certify that uh, the machinery has legit stuff and that they check the source code. And they do that by the EAC has another organization underneath it. I forget what that's called. And then that company picks, has two. Oh, wait. Oh, you're talking about the NIST, right? Yeah, yeah. But anybody can get a NIST certification. It's like a joke now. Like I can apply to get NIST certification for petting my cat. Like they've just become complete. But yeah, NIST certification helps beef up their application. It doesn't create the application. So you can go in there and not be NIST certified. Nobody cares. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. The, and so the, but the point is there end up being only two laboratories which are, what are they called? VSLI laboratory? They can VSLs, do yeah. That can test, that can certify election equipment. And everybody has let that whole, and then those two laboratories are supposed to go out to the states and, oh, we'll certify yours, we'll certify yours. Well, this whole chain of command is all corrupt. There's a bunch of cronyism in it. It's, and nothing's, everything's way out of, years out of certification. When I was looking in the, when I was looking in November, it was like things that are supposed to be certified in every 18 months had been out of certification since 2017. Right? Exactly. Exactly. That that was the point. And I remember you sat there in, in one of those meetings and I was like, guys, none. Of, and we only have a few senators right now in office that were legally elected. And you turned around and said, that's crazy, Tori. That's going to complete chaos. What do you mean? Everybody's unelected. And I said, yeah, pretty much. And you were like, we can't do this chaos. We have enough. And I was like, let's eat it for lunch. And it was like, no, that's way too much, too much. Because, you know, that's the bottom line. And that's why I'm suing Dominion now, you know, 
Because I'm like, is that what your lawsuit is? Tell us about when you're suing Dominion for the defamation. That yeah, well, yeah, well, I don't care about what the media says about me about my lawfare with the AG. Come on, stop. Like, I really give. I'm already suing the North Dakota state. I'm trying to get it out of the state because I can't get a fair shake. So I really don't care about the lawfare. What are they going to tell me who I am? We're not talking about that. I don't care about you calling me names. Like I get offended. All right. Maybe a little bit. I don't care really. It's my answer is when I, my, my attitude, when people, somebody, a Kundalini Yogi taught me to say to myself, when I read some trashy things, somebody writes to say to the fellow, to the fellow, at least mentally, buddy, can you even see me from the league, from the league you're in? Can you oh my gosh. You oh know? my gosh. I should try that. I should try that. <laughs> say that. Can I, can you even see me from the league you're in? Sometimes I say it aloud. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's true. They don't even know you. And they talk about you like they know you because they think they do. Um, but here's, here's the deal. They, they trashed my persona on the media, but what Dominion did was say that my affidavit was bunk. They pretty much alleged that I committed perjury. And it's like, wait a minute, that's defamation. That's slander. That's libel. You name it. You did it. I think you need to answer as to why you feel that you can claim in public and in a court of law, right? And in the public that I lied. I mean, that's perjury. I signed it under penalty and perjury. So that's what I'm asking them. I'm not asking about whatever else Sidney Powell said, because I intervened in this filing in Sidney Powell's case. I cited that. So in the next filing, it'll be about Lindell's. And then the next one, it'll be yours. And in the next one, it'll be Giuliani's. They're going to have to answer that question somewhere. Um, but here's the weird stuff that happened. You won't even believe it. So we filed the case last night. I see, right. Yeah. So I saw what happened. The judge has says, said this is going to be heard in his chambers. Chambers. I know. Wait, wait. But the weirdest part is this never happened. So when you file a case, nobody gets notified until a summons goes out. Right. They notified some outside counsel that's not even related to me or my lawyer immediately on the filing. And we have that receipt. Like when you pay the fee and it's like you just paid $402 to file it. Right. It says the following parties were notified and this random firm comes up out of nowhere being notified. And I'm like, who are they? So I put it on Telegram. Turns out these people are incorporated in Delaware. They dabble in all this stuff. But here's the weirder part. It's a law firm or a firm? It's firm? a law firm, a law firm called Klein PLLC. It was so random. So that was the first red flag. Second one is there's no case number up until like almost 24 hours after filing. And when it comes... There's a letter addressed to my lawyer saying, hey, administrative order, you better update your information, signed by all the judges. So they were finding an excuse to just ding him. And then right after that, they're like, all right, so we're doing this on October 18th in closed you know, chambers. And usually when they put you in chambers, it's because they want to say things off the record. Why would you do a case management hearing in chambers? I want that out in the open. People should hear who's going to get the post and who's going to be you know, and what's going on here. They put it like that. So we haven't sent them off um, summons yet. I think we're sending it on Friday because, you know, we need to answer that notice too first. Um, well, you should do what you shouldn't, you shouldn't screw around with a judge. Uh, well, do you know who this judge is? Uh, Not a good guy. Okay. This judge, this judge locked up uh, a former Air Force intelligence analyst that was linked to WikiLeaks. And they had leaked information about the CIA and child pornography and pornography. Huh. Well, yep. Clinton who, hit, who, hit, 
But he got he, he got, got in my case. But did he get dinged because he had child porn? No, uh, no, the no, because he ratted out the CIA for stuff like that. He was part of the anonymous group. It was a big deal like eight years ago. They deported him from Canada back to the US to hold, you know, to get into trial. And but didn't they stick him with a porn charge or something? Well, it was, that's what they, do you remember when Millie got arrested? They sent child pornography to her prosecutor, pretending they, it was coming from Millie while she was in jail. That's an MO of a very specific group. But that's I do hear story. I do hear that they yeah. they plant child porn on people. Right. Like that. That's another story for another time. But um Klein LLC, yes, they did work for Hillary Clinton. That's correct. And so they got that. I anyway, tells me that Dominion already has some kind of case or action or something about you. And and this Klein is already their lawyer. And so they were Klein's already Dominion's lawyer in something that may or may not involve you. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. We don't know. We don't know. It was just a weird thing. But regardless, you know, my my affidavit has all the sources. I mean, they're going to have to prove a ton of PhDs from around the world that say that the software that they're using to shuffle the votes can't prove that they're not cheating, can't prove that they are. I mean, everything is there. Um, but we'll wait for court to see how fun it gets, because when they're making elaborate statements like that, you know, and, and with such an, a matter of fact tone, they should be held responsible. I mean, they can't keep shutting people down. I saw in Michigan where a judge was throwing out affidavits from random people saying, I saw this with a bag. And it's like, well, why are you questioning if the person saw it or not? That doesn't make sense. It was just a really bizarre case that I saw. But having said that, wherever my affidavit was, every single judge skipped it. Interesting. Listen, you, you know what is exciting? Let's talk about two things. I want to discuss a world where uh, let's not anticipate if we're going to win. Let's assume that in the information war, we're going to win and we're going to win. We're going to start having the results. It's stuff's happening all over the country. Some of it's below. Uh, there's there's audits and things being checked around the country, and every day we learn five new things about three different counties, and or more, I mean, I'm, I'm making up the numbers. That's a Chinese way of speaking, but it's a yeah. a uh, the the stuff is breaking. I mean, it's been eight months, eight long and expensive months. I'm actually about ten million bucks into this now, but we have it's it's all breaking loose it's not even to me it's kind of like when i got when i was up against wall street and i had it figured out then 08 came and the collapse came i i you would have thought i'd be all interested but i actually thought well okay prove that one came true and i kind of went on with my life and just it was kind of hard to i let all that collapse happen kind of in my rearview mirror emotionally similarly we're going to win the info war there's the info war and then there's the the different battle spaces. Mm -hmm. but we're I'm confident that we are going to win the information war, and I'm trying to think about what things look like after that, because if information comes out that's anywhere like what the Seth Keschel math suggests is there, uh, you're going to have Americans beyond angry people. Well, people are going to be devastated. It's sickening when people finally get that you may have. 10% of your votes are fake uh, or in some way crooked. You know, that changes everything. So I, I'm thinking these days in terms of let's just, I know I don't want to count my chickens before the hatch, but we're going to, we're going to win there. The question is what happens after that and how do we keep it peaceful? 
how do we keep it peaceful? And the price of that may be, and how do we keep it peaceful? Pretend that in the next month we win and everything got exposed and it's clear there was massive corruption in a couple of places and nobody believes the authorities anymore that vouched for all those places. What do we do then? Okay, so uh, speaking for my audience, both global, you know, foreign and domestic, they're already well-versed. I think the biggest problem is going to be, I'm just saying where it's going to get really ugly, is the people are going to hold accountable the people that pretended to be by their side to a higher standard than those that were corrupt from the get-go. Right. You know what? The uniparty term, I'll tell you what, I've been saying that since 2018, the puppet masters of the Democrats are the damn Republicans. And if people didn't see that, it's like people would get so upset when I threw Dan Crenshaw under the bus. And I was like, this guy's a tool years ago. People were like, how dare you? He's a, I was like, I don't give a crap what his title and tiara is. I'm telling you who the guy is. Right. And now everyone's seeing it full circle in the end, or, you know, these are the people that are going to be maimed the most, Patrick. The people that said that they were aligned with the people and trashed or subjugated or suffocated or choked or spit on the truth. That's it's funny. Isn't it funny seeing guys like Karl Rove, guys like Crenshaw? <laughs> Karl Rove, are you serious? I have sex tapes with him and Ali Akbar. Come on. Seriously? That's, yeah. That's uh, my, my brain, my brain. There's um, a whole book about that. There's an actual know. book on Amazon that talks all about that. I don't want to know anymore. Uh, 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 who got to be the husband? Who got to be the wife? Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I don't know. Anyway, I, that video I, uh, I think that we need to uh, think in terms of just pretend. Suppose the gods whispered in your ear, okay. You know, in the next month, everything will come clear. How do we keep things from getting people are going to be really ripped and they're going to be ripped at the Carl Rove's? What do you make of them when they go on TV? And I had, this, I had something really strange happen. Real smart people in D.C. But somebody I was talking to this week said we were talking about something. He called me about something else. But then as these subjects came up and we haven't talked to him in a years, so this is all. He said, oh, when I when I said something about, well, the election fraud is going to be proven is what's the next step. And then the. And this guy kind of, I think he thought I was ill. And he said, Patrick, you're, you're in a delusion. There is now zero chance that there's that, 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 <laughs> that there's zero chance that anything's that any election fraud is going to be proven. It was, if it was there when all 60 judges looked at this, the newspapers looked at this. What do you, what do you mean? Think you're going to find some proof now that there was some fraud. Wow. And it's, isn't it weird talking to somebody like that? that? I know. I mean, I'm I'm out in East Cleveland red pilling with my stickers. My people are now the sticker brigade. Not only do we have billboards everywhere and we're dropping Trump one things. We started that. Each and every one of them did it. You know, there's even a TikTok where someone was upset that they saw a billboard that said Trump won in Illinois outside of Chicago. Who did that? What salty person paid for that? You know, um, there are people that actually do believe that, but What's there's a lot of people. Reason? Yeah, um, she was really upset. Guys, does salty mean something other than? Yeah, this? it's like you know you're upset, you're salty, you know okay. you're bitter, whatever. But um, that was actually a really funny TikTok um, because she was like, "Who paid for that? Trump didn't win. Who paid for that?" 
Um, so <laughs> I don't have the link with me. If someone can drop it in Telegram, uh, that would be great. I'll play it for you. You'd laugh. But, but what happens? Okay. What happens? So, These people are the ones that are delusional because I'm in East Cleveland in the ghetto and those people are refusing, refusing to get the vaccine, refusing to accept anything Biden says. And they're like, yo, they stole this stuff from Trump. They stole it. They know it. And they're like, damn, we got, we got played is how they talk about it when I talk to them because they see me putting Trump one stickers everywhere. I do. I put them on shopping carts and gas stations, on walls, elevators, stores, pretty quick, too. Well, how do we keep it? What happens from there? Uh, lawsuits, more states. Do we get enough states to to withdraw electors? What's the path? Define the winnable path that we want to start executing on at that point. Okay, so um, if we're only talking about the elections, because we've got more. We've got more freedoms that are being taken away with these stupid mask mandates and vaccine passports, right? We have a lot. And now we have a president that's like worse than Vietnam, right? You know, there's a lot coming together. This is going to be Nuremberg 2.0. How do we like war crimes? And yeah, I don't like language like that. If well, I, I, I believe, well, I believe that there will be held accountable for treason. This is treason. They gave. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Listen, I, if I could make a deal right now that said, we'll wipe out the past, everybody walks away, and let's get this fixed, wouldn't you do that rather than force anyone into the corner with civil war? Oh, I've heck no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that it was a good thing that nobody listened to me in November. I think it was a magnificent I thing. I think so. I think it's a good thing, even though we I wouldn't. You. I no, no, no. I, I'm saying on the listening part of actually getting it done that way, right? I would have been 100%. I'm upset. I'm salty because I'm watching all this stuff coming out. And I'm like, wait a minute. I already said that. Wait a minute. I already. Oh. But if it didn't happen, then we'll find ourselves in the same position again 10 years from now. Because Yeah, we have to. We, what I'm about, uh, well said, my. My main priority is job number one. Everything's got to be fixed for an election in 14 months. That's job number one. And that's got to happen. Beyond that, we, I mean, I, I know that a bunch of people are in this to get Donald Trump back in. And that's, there's all kinds of things we can talk about. But boy, the thing that we can't miss the opportunity, we can't forget to do the main event is we got to fix the system so this never happens again. And then, that that to me is the first. But how how do you uh, how do you take it? So that that's what I'm in. How do you get? I know that you care a lot about getting Trump back in. How do you do that? Do you think that different states pull, pull their electors and hold new elections? Do you think that there's a big lawsuit to the Supreme Court? How does it how does it play out? Okay, well, it's answering questions, uh, factual questions, right? So the quote warranto would be incredible because that would be challenging with what authority do you hold the office that you obtain right now, right? And that is a question that is old law, old U.S. law that has not been used. And just because it hasn't been used recently in a bigger, you know, venue, why not? There's a first time for everything. I mean, there was a first time all the time, right? Uh, right. Uh, yeah. So why? So we, person, yeah. Okay. And then we yeah. suppose Joe Biden comes back and says, "I got 306 electoral votes." Okay. Then we say, "Prove it." And he says, yeah. "Well, oh, the media the called Senate, it." The Senate on yeah. January 7th accepted it. That's the proof. No, 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 no. They didn't. They were bullied into it, just like you know, just like they're bullying people into 
getting these vaccines that they don't want. They're they're threatening dishonorable discharges to soldiers if they don't take it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, my daughter was told that she will be dishonorably discharged if she doesn't take it. That I have to say is really crossing a line. Well, they don't care. They stole our elections. What are they just trying to do? Drive everybody out of the military? Well, that's what they did with the anthrax. Remember, that's what they did. They weakened our military and then 9-11 happened. It's all the same circle. And that's why they were shorting airlines. And if you see, they're shorting airlines again. It's all coming like same plan, different vaccine. Um, We had that with the anthrax vaccine in the late 90s. And then a lot of uh, military personnel resigned. Uh, Many didn't show up and a lot of people left and some sued too. Um, And there are veterans up until today that uh, when it was experimental, that they were forced to take it and they're not even afforded veteran benefits. It's a bad thing when you take away the rights that are constitutionally protected from the people that are defending them for you. That for me is, excuse my French, completely fucked up. And so, you know, yeah, no, these people are fighting to protect those rights and we're not giving it to them. <laughs> How does that make sense? All my life, when I was a kid, I wanted to join the military. And it actually was the regret of my life that I didn't after high school. My father, who taught, who had a terrible experience in the military, talked me out of it after high school. And he said, go to college first. He was Air Force ROTC and uh, at Rutgers. And he had, a, this is in the 50s, and he ticked off some general after and he got sent to the North Slope of Greenland for three years. So he thought I was crazy to want to go in the military when I was 18. He talked me into waiting until I got after co- out of college. And I got out of college, I had cancer. And I so I kind of missed my 20s. When I was well enough, I did try to get in twice. And how, well, you don't know this, but boys always dream about, could we get through BUDS? Could you get through Special Forces, all that stuff? I couldn't. I couldn't get through the. I couldn't get through the MEPS. Do you remember what a MEPS is? Yeah, I went through it because I actually went through the Navy, and it was uh-huh. when I finished my training after nine months that they pulled me out for contracting. So I did it. I went through. I even did the whole SEAL part of it because um, I was I, a well, wait, uh, The MEPS is the Military Entrance Processing. Yes, State. I did that. I'm saying it. In, you yeah. swear in. They take your height I and weight. In. They just looked at, at me all the, from all the effects of cancers. I never got in. So I have such respect for these wonderful people. And it's it's had such a, you know, after World War II, really, the GI Bill changed America. And it really broke up the crust, the upper crust bullshit. And let there be upward when people go in, they get out, get college degrees. It's how the whole world got going. Um, and these poor people, did they, anyone would have the gall to, to threaten someone like that. Yeah, they do. They do. And, and, and you know what? And, and experimental vaccine. I believe that's a violation. Well, you mentioned Nuremberg. Yeah. It, it, Isn't the Nuremberg code, 1946, after yes. the Nuremberg trials, yes. what did they, what did they say that making, you can't, if you ever make if force someone to have an experimental unproven treatment, that's a Nuremberg code. Violation, it is. Right? It is. And here's what they're going to do though, Patrick. Uh, the president made it experimental. So that way it can't be forced when the new regime came up. He already knew that they were going to steal the elections. Let's be straight. He knew it. Um, so experimental, the FDA has a specific process to do it. But if you notice from the cases that were filed against Rumsfeld at the time, uh, the judge, who happened to be Judge Sullivan, the corrupt one in D.C., of course, said, well, if there's public approval, then it's not experimental. Now you can see why. Public approval, not FDA approval, but public right. approval. Right, yes. What the hell is public approval? Public approval means that if you get the majority of the people to get the vaccine, 
then it's considered publicly approved. This is why they're bribing people. I mean, if it's so safe, why do you have to bribe people? If uh, I wonder if that's what the Nuremberg Code says. Mm, it doesn't. Does it say you got any 50%? Right. Or does it say, you know, because then otherwise you have, instead of saying you got to get FDA approval, scientific approval, you just have to, you get there by... That's actually in there in the case. It's literally written in there um, uh, in the 2004 Doe versus Rumsfeld. So I've been looking into it tomorrow. Actually, everyone um, who's in their state groups is going to be sending letters out to every military commander, to the head of the Pentagon, Secretary of Defense, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, a letter saying, uh-uh, Constitution belongs to the people and you cannot withhold constitutionally protected rights from those people that are fighting to protect them for us. So we're going to stand up for them now and well, we're going to file a class action suit against them on yeah, behalf. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's great. what we're going to do. The issue is I think that when you join the military, you sign away a bunch of your rights and even the right to do a class action suit. They're not, we are. How, why do you have standing to sue on behalf of the military person? Because the military serves us. Yeah, but that doesn't give you the right to sue. You can't sue Austin for making that order for your daughter. Your daughter can sue, but she's got to no, sue. No, she can't people. sue the military. She can whistleblow. She can complain. We're going to sue the un unelected people making decisions that can harm our national security and affect our soldiers. And as us, the people, we have that right because the Constitution belongs to us. You know what I noticed, Patrick, that nobody else noticed? And I talked about this with a couple lawyer friends that we uh, know together separately, right? In other, I know that we overlap, but you and me? no, your friends, your circles overlap with mine somewhere because someone was like, oh, I just had this discussion. And it was so weird. Did you know that when they were confirming, Neil Grossish, uh, the Kavanaugh and Amy Coleman Barrett, they asked them specific questions that I went back and looked at Clarence, all of them. They asked them about the ninth and 10th amendment of the constitution. Mm -hmm. That was so weird because you know what that means? If the right isn't explicitly stated in the constitution, who does it belong to? The states or the people. There you go. And this is where it's going to come down to with all of these things. And it was really weird because the funniest one was when Ben Sass asked. He was like, oh, it's just an inkblot. It's like, you're insulting the constitution. No, that was Bork. Bork described, I think it was the ninth amendment as an inkblot. Sass said it. Yeah, Sass said it. I don't, he probably reiterated what that Bork, was. Bork yeah. said it in 1988 or whatever. It was yeah, not okay. the best choice of words. Right. He meant a Rorschach. He meant a Rorschach test that you can't just look at it and read into it whatever you want. However, it was a poor word choice that. that, uh, that because Ben Sass repeated it during uh, Supreme Court. Justice. What they mean by that is not to insult it. It's not to say, oh, it's a meaningless blot of ink. Uh, it's to say, well, their, their complaint is it. They say and that it doesn't really convey or it's it's just a feel-good statement but really doesn't help us decide anything which i think rep the people who say that and this includes judge bork who on other things was admirable mm -hmm. but deep down underneath his judicial philosophy was a belief that he didn't buy any of the natural rights or any of that stuff he just said look it all comes down to you got to start with what the agreement is whatever the agreement was the agreement and that's the only rights there are came out of that agreement and uh, and this and this 
so he doesn't buy, whereas the, our tradition, or at least what I'm in, which I call the liberal tradition, the classical liberal or libertarian or liberal tradition, right. is that we start with rights. Maybe we got there because you believe in God and God invested them in you and you look like them. And, or maybe we got them because we engage in Lockean reasoning. And just anyone sitting in their own cave in a pre-governmental world could figure out, well, there's got to be certain things we respect in order for us all to do this. I got to, and they're sort of negative. So however you get there, we have these rights and then we trade some of them in so as to empower this corporation, mm -hmm, this government, supposedly, yes. This government, well, it's a corporation. It is. It is the government, and that we form and empower to do certain things that we can't do for ourselves. There's a wonderful list of them. It's called Article One, Section Eight. It's a yeah. wonderful <laughs> list of things that states and people couldn't do for themselves. You can't set your own, you know, interstate. You couldn't regulate interstate commerce. You need somebody up in the. You couldn't defend yourself. So let's have a federal government set up a Department of Defense. So, so that's Article 1, Section 8. So if you believe that, then the Ninth and Tenth Amendment are actually quite meaningful. They because are. they're saying, well, we didn't trade, we didn't trade these rights in. We kept them unless we explicitly traded them in. They're ours. But to somebody who comes actually from the Bork tradition, uh, and I or it's everything's kind of free floating and this is all mumbo jumbo thinking of natural rights. And the only reason we really have the rights is because that's what the deal was in the constitution and the ninth and 10th amendment are just sort of feel good, which I don't think is true to the. No, I, I think, I think it was, it was meant to stop the decoding, right? Where it's like, it's it, it, those two clearly say, look, this is plain English, read it, right? Here's where they explain, we traded this in for that. And if it's not explicitly stated, still belongs to the people in the state. I think it was kind of to avoid the digital red string or the red string theory. Well, I kind of think that I derived from the word the or and that it belongs to us, you know, because this is how insane some of these interpretations are. So uh, this is what we're going to be fighting on. I think yeah. all of us are going to have to do that. I don't think that's going to be too hard. I think I think that I think we're going to win this. And I think that I, we'll, we I think we're going to win this. And I think we're going to do it in a way that really proves we are exceptional because we're going to do it without firing a shot. Yep. We're going to do it with truth. We're going to do it with, I I am really dead set on making sure this does not happen with any violence. Man, me too, I, because I'm seeing it. Like I've, uh, you know. Message uh, board chats, it's not cool. Oh my gosh, they're, they're, they're fed up and I get it because they're so confused now because they're like, wait a minute, wasn't that person pro-America, why are they saying this? Or isn't this person pro this? Why are they dogging that person? Isn't the person this? What is going on here? And I, you know, you know, I don't hold back my tongue at all. It's like when I, yeah, I, when I see people that I know for a fact, because maybe I was privy to some conversation that happened to call, fall out somewhere on the cyberspace, you know, I'm just like, no, stop. You're not going to be organizing. They're penetrating groups they're rallying people up. They're like, take your guns. You need to defend yourself. They're yeah. putting out fake videos. You know, there was a video on TikTok that was going around with this army guy saying, we're going to stand up for our rights. I don't know if you saw it, but it went viral. And 
I had to make sure that we can filter out. The guy's an actor. There was like a ton of posts and I put it on my thing and everyone woke up suddenly. It was the aha moment of how they're using personas to pretend to say he poses a doctor, if I remember off my um off the top of my head, a soldier, oh. a random person. And all of them he's riling people up. Yeah, he's rallying people up and he's just an actor. He Did wasn't even there's an allegation of a DC, one of the Capitol Police. Uh, looked like the early 40s. Oh, yeah, the guy. Oh, my gosh. guy, goatee. Yes, and he yes. gave this sort of compelling testimony about the trauma. But he's and identical to the guy in the group, right? Well, it looks like there's a guy who looks absolutely identical, who turns mm -hmm. out, if you can believe it, it looks like there's a, a, the a tattoo that have been made up. He ran around with a Confederate flag in the Congress. He wasn't. In, he wasn't by the pictures. He wasn't in uniform. He was. He was an agent provocateur within the Capitol with a Confederate flag. But he's actually DC Capitol now. Those pictures look really, really close to me. I've not. Has anyone confirmed that? Yeah, that is well, here's the thing. The only thing, like, we're actually. You know that I have a guy who used to do work for, like, you know, Hollywood, right, on pictures and stuff. So that's actually on our task table to go through because I'm 100% sure that that tattoo was makeup and, that he had that they keep pointing to. And we're going to figure that out. Remember, he did touch-ups. You've met him once. You like him. And you were like, hey, I want to be friends with your friends. Don't mention his name. You know who I'm talking about. The one that sat in on those Zoom calls who currently is sitting on Zoom calls too. Yeah. Um he did touch-ups for Britney Spears, Rihanna, Cher. Like Cher is like as big as me in a video and he made her look tiny. I was like, yeah, yeah, why don't you do that for me? No? Yeah, no, I'm just saying like he can detect everything. Right. Well, Everything. I didn't know. Was there are people saying that's not him because there's a tattoo that shows? Well, that's what they're saying. And the thing is, if he was there, there's body cam. Where's his body cam footage if he was in uniform? Well, yeah, I, uh, I would say from the pictures, I'm at about 95% confidence level, but not right. uh, well, 90, 95. I'd like to know, uh, but the, the differences seem really slight. Right, but they are, and and they're all. We don't want to get in front of our headlights until we're hundred. So I'd love to know. It's can uh, we're he, well, my guy's looking into that. That's tabled because we're putting out a prelude to that because you know obviously having Hunter Biden's laptops right. Um, there's some really crazy stuff in there. So I think we need to educate the public first on uh, CAA. I didn't go there. I didn't go there. You know, I we had. As, I know. I got, I know. No, we had Biden's laptop too. I know. I've had it, and uh, you know, and you. It's I know. Same, yeah, we uh, were together when we were. Yeah. Don't mention any names. Yeah. And I looked at it and saw. I mean. I know it's so bad. It's, that, it's the prurient stuff. However, he's a disturbed guy, and you know what? Everybody's got everybody. Demons. Yeah, I know. Got demons. Right, but I'm not even focusing on that stuff. Did you know that in there there yeah, the were stuff about was, the corruption, is, right? And yeah, the stuff about the little girls, and yeah, there is this crap. I mean, that's when I stopped. I saw a picture of him with a relative, and uh -huh. I never looked again. I didn't even yeah. believe shit. So, pardon me. Uh, I know, uh, I know, I know. It just tells you it's a kook family. Um, well, it's it's usually the case. 
you know, when you're in that state. I mean, where's Joe Biden? I'm just saying. Let's try to be, let's try to elevate. Let's. I'm trying to say is let's try to show a little mercy and compassion for well Hunter for Biden. for Hunter being an addict. I completely Joe have Biden. That. Joe Biden is getting some elder abuse. I don't know. Is that him? Where is out he? Of, out of you know, if you went back 35 years. Out of all the Democrats, I would have actually put Joe Biden in sort of the five uh, five that I thought were institutionalists, people who cared. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't understand anymore. If, I don't think I know his full career. But I used to put him in the camp of there used to be a group of senators who would be they transcended party. He Edward Ed Kenny was one. Orrin Hatch was one. I would have. I thought that Biden was. I had respect for him in like 1980. Five, then I saw. He got uh, married to Dr. Jill. That was it. Handlers are always the best way. Yeah. It's funny. I feel this compassion <laughs> for the man now. I think that he's got a big boomerang coming at him and him or who's ever behind him may not know what to do other than to do something stupid. And that's a real mistake. And I actually feel just like I said in my book, there came a point. I didn't vote for Trump, as you folks know, but there came, but didn't just, I was never a hater on Trump. And the guy won, I saluted and uh, went back to my life. He, there was a point that I kind of just, when we, I was in that Oval Office with him that night, December 18th, my heart just went out to the guy so much. And I just wanted to really like hug the guy. He couldn't, but uh, I felt terrible for the man. I'm actually starting, I know this sounds crazy. I'm starting to feel that way for Mr. Biden as well. I wouldn't want to be in his position with what's going on. Oh my gosh. I've, I've said that too on my show. But having said that, you know what drives me insane? You what? know how many people have at least one of the laptops, right? You know, the, yeah, there's, there's different versions. There's right, G-rated right. versions and PG. And PG yeah, and rated R. And then the ones that the whores ran away with that we're saying are Russians, you know, stuff like that. Anyway, um, but they all have the, the G-rated version too. And in there, I found a string of communications where they were literally smuggling foreign nationals that were disallowed to fly in into tech over in, texas yeah the, through texas with the help of the cartels to meet obama and biden and nobody talked about it and the other weird thing is if you notice they evaded nsa detection by using gmx emails which are german intelligence and i'm like so obama and biden were using foreign german intelligence servers to communicate while they were in office in official capacity. Have you we, documented that? Yeah, you know, I documented. It's the last article I put out. And I'm pulling my hair out because I'm like, nobody wants to talk about this. We took Hillary Clinton through the cleaners because she had her server in a basement with a packy in the bathroom, right? And and now they've literally evaded packy, NSA. I don't think packy is a nice word. Anyway. I know, but you know, uh, I can speak a little bit of Punjab. You know, <laughs> I speak Punjab, that you know, I, I spent some time, I spent some time in Islamabad and uh, Karachi. So, you know, they call me a Gori. That's what they call me. They would call you a Gora. Um, so it's, it's a term that I'm not using. Oh man, why are you so fluffy? So moving along. We had her. Oh, never noticed, story. <laughs> oh, so, your cat or so we had her with a server and an ISI agent, let me make it more clear, uh, down in her toilet and we dra dragged her through the mud. But Obama and Biden were conversing from 2015 and onwards on German intelligence servers, specifically because the NSA could not 
any longer have access to those servers to spy on them. Oh, because they got caught. Remember when they got caught uh, taping Mark Merkel, Angela Merkel? Yes. And then they use, well, that's, that was like, that was an excuse. I got that. Mykonos on the table, you mean, right? I don't remember what it was, but Angela Merkel. Mykonos. She was in Greece in a bikini okay. on a table dancing. I played it for my audience a long, long time ago. That's that's a, that's a damn. She was part. You know how German women are. Damn, they party hard. They have the best. I mean, how much? You know what Frederick Nietzsche said. He said, "How much heaviness? How much dullness? How much beer there is in the German soul?" Yeah, that's my German German woman yeah. party hard, but in that kind of in that kind of way. Nietzsche. But they're also square, though, right? If you you can't yeah. get a day off work to go to the doctor. Can I tell you a great joke? Yeah. European heaven and European hell. Why? European heaven. The police are British. The food is French. The trains are German and the sex is Italian. In European hell, the food is British. Oh my God. The police are French. The trains are Italian and the sex is German. Oh. <laughs> that's, Sorry. That's, that's, a, that's a real joke though. And that has foundation. Uh, oh my God. Let me just mention to any of your German or Austrians. I have, I have a Tory says Germany group too. So. <laughs> yeah. And she was a real Shotzi. So I do mean no real I'm disrespect. German and Austrian, Austrian. Uh, that was distant past. But that was yeah. I was over there in Vienna when the uh, for five months when the wall came down, the Berlin Wall and stuff. It was a great time to be in that part of the world. It was exciting. Well, I was an intern at um, Deutsche. Well, Dresner before mm -hmm. Deutsche took them. Uh, working under some guy named Dr. Weber, who's clean energy head in Singapore now, um, separate from them. When they were setting up a China fund, I was interning there. So um, that was what, like 2004? So I know them quite well um, on how and what um, their uh, operations. And I how was 1989. I was back. Uh, anyway, well, let's uh, let's go okay, back. Let's go back to Arizona. I just want to say something. So we have Karen Fan. She's really standing strong, right? She is. She is standing strong. I, I mean, I don't know how this woman. I mean, I know how she does it. I get mudsling every day, but she is yeah. a powerhouse. Like what you are like an iron bar. God, I wish. I wish. I, what can they do? What can Arizonans do? Because they're being, um, you know attacked from all sides and they're kind of stuck in the middle it's like they're in this movie and they're playing a part and it's like they're the extras that don't know where to go they need some direction on oh they know what they're doing they're very sharp they know what's going on they know what they're doing they're just doing their job no the people the people yeah, the people, people of arizona that's who feels lost they feel I'm like gonna tell you something. i'm gonna tell you something they don't want to hear but they don't want to hear but i think it's a it's a nice time for everyone to cool their jets for about 10 days. And I don't have any inside information about when a report's going to be dropped and stuff, but I have kind of some broad indications. And I think it is getting into the hands. I think all this stuff is going to get it is getting summarized and is getting fed 
this week ish into Karen fans hands. But remember, she's, you know, she's the president of the Senate. She's going to study it. They're going to the senators want opportunities to ask questions, to clarify, to ask that things be expanded or rewritten or whatever. So I don't know how many how long that takes, but that's that's I would think another seven to 10 days. Uh, but I have no inside information on that. So I think if you start thinking about the, you know, the first week of September, you're fine. They understand. Uh, I, I've had, I think, no actual communication with Karen fan. I, I say Karen like I know the gal. Uh, I don't think I've actually ever that I know of met her. Um, but they they understand the situation. They understand the country is, you know, hanging from its fingertips. So they're and they're being super careful. So you're everyone. This is a good time just to take a breath and work on yourself for the next week, 10 days. Work on your, uh, you know, be with your family and stuff rather than just biting your fingernails because there might not be new information there. Tell you what, there so uh, that's my recommendation. But I suddenly have and I don't I swear to God, I don't have the. I don't have the data, the facts they're going to no, be. No, and in. you shouldn't. You shouldn't because you're finding but, it, and then they'll they'll good. they'll find some well, way to, what, and that's good. But what I do have is Mark Twain referred to somebody as having the confidence of a Methodist minister with four aces. So just think of yourself as a Methodist minister with four aces. I don't know what's going to be in the report, but I think it's enough that it's it's going to end. It's going to move all the discussions into a new realm. I'll be shocked if it doesn't. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't. Let's let's make a commitment now. If the evidence comes up empty, we have to be, you know, we've alerted the whole country and spun the whole world up. We can't, if there's not evidence, we have to be the people who are evidence-based. But if there is evidence, then we get to say, well, now we're batting a thousand. We're going to take this as a settled issue and move on unless somebody wants to pick another city and then we'll, that they want to, that they want to. Uh, have well, we're going to audit all 50 anyway. I said that. Last year, if that I happens on the day of the election, when they cut my feed, because I was watching CNN and not Fox, I said, we're auditing all 50 states and you watch. But here's the thing, Patrick, we have the election fraud and we're going to be proving that. Right. We're going to be proving that. It, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind because I know it's been happening. I've been talking about it for years. It's not like I came out of the woodwork like many other people did in November being experts. I've been fighting this for years cons consistently. Right. Consistently. So um, I've been thinking about it for yeah. years. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been filing affidavits. I mean, 2017 set it off. I thank God. Thank God that Senator Wyden, that that idiot bit because nobody else bit, you know, grassly chuck my stuff to the side. Everything. Regardless, we have elections, but they're also fighting with freedom. They're not allowed to speak. Right. We're being silenced. Like they're pulling everybody's tongue out. You have to watch your speech. Uh, they're being forced to put medications in their body. <gasps> you brought them with you, or is that one a new kitty? This is somebody brought over. A, oh, a, a, I a, thought it was yours. I worked with brought over her new friend. Oh my gosh, um, that's that's that distracting. Me. So cute. I should get a black one so I don't have white hairs on my clothes. So, um, so they have the election fraud. They have the freedom of speech. They have the jabs. They have the masks, right? The, the citizen of the United States right now, a citizen is being attacked on all fronts. And they know that they haven't forfeit the freedoms 
for them to take them over. They're being forced to believe that they're getting fired. I tell my people, if someone tells you that you're getting fired because you don't get the jab, let them fire you. Because nowhere in the Constitution or in the law does it say that your employer can tell you what to put in your body and, and, and fire you. They can't just flip the script on you. There are documents that I have internal documents from a health company that I want to put out that indicate that th there's a company saying uh, a healthcare, you know, what is it called? Metro Health in Ohio, claiming that the vaccine is 100% effective. They made that statement mm. to their employees when the CDC is not even saying that. So how is that even yeah. possible? So well, the elections well. is, yeah, so the elections is just one front. How, Actually, how do you- stuff in Europe. They're now saying- uh they're releasing numbers in Europe about effectiveness of the vaccines against uh, the Delta variant, and I think the I, I think there's uh, there's one vaccine they said was the Europeans have reported I think forty six percent after six months effective against the Delta variant as opposed to the other one being eighty percent or something. So those numbers are coming out of European versions of the CDC and the FDA. They're very the uh, they're. Yeah, so that's shocking to me if somebody's saying it's 100% effective. What I, I like to have the document of it. That's what I'm saying. So let, think about it for a second. You're an American citizen. You're, you're, you voted for your president. They stole your elections. Then they came out telling you you're not allowed to talk about it and you're not allowed to question the government. And then they're telling you you need to wear a mask, even though masks don't work. Then wear two of them, but then don't wear any of them. Then wear a hundred of them. Then they're like, you can choose to take the vaccine, but if you don't take it, you won't be able to go to school. You won't be able to have a job. You won't be able to eat. And then they tell you if you're already working, here's the deal. You don't take it, you get fired. This is what the American citizen right now is up to. Like they, can, they can't even bugging me. We speak about this. We speak about this as if, there's the Congress and the president. It's like we've almost forgotten there's a third branch of government. And I hope someday they decide to show up and earn their paycheck because they've they've blown it twice in our history. The Dred Scott decision, do you want to walk and and the pack in the Supreme Court bending bending to that in 1937, spring term. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you want to walk people, do you know the Dred Scott decision? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, you walk through. Go on. Yeah, a slave when they were attacking the court, yeah, go on. A slave escaped from the South and got to the North, and it was always the dream of slaves and those who did. At least you had that much. And at least the at least the abolitionists in the North always could say, well, could tell them. There were two kinds of abolitionists. Those who were saying we should invade tomorrow and take care of business and such, and those who were saying taking a more moderate approach to getting rid of slavery. Let's just contain it. Let's just, it'll die. Our peculiar institution will die it on its own. I'm a Vermonter. I don't like, I don't like, I mean, we lost 5,500 boys. So I, I, uh, I've never had, I don't feel good about the Confederate flag. And I want to take this opportunity to tell you, your friends that you're listening. I, I, I don't mind it. I do. I do. I'd I say if we don't have history, we forget. Could you imagine true. if they, well, that's if they, yeah, but if they covered up the graves, if they covered up the atrocities of Hitler, would you remember them today? Yeah, that's not what the flag does. It celebrates a culture that was gone with the wind. Anyway, Ooh, I don't hey, let me I, as a Vermonter, I've always been Green Mountain Boys, 5,500 Green Mountain Boys. You know, we don't go around. It would be considered bad taste if we went around celebrating the rebel ass that we whooped. We, we, you just don't do that. You move on. It's okay. You know, the Germans, the Japanese, 
it's okay to allow them to recognize they're dead and to honor their dead soldiers and all that stuff from World War II. But you wouldn't want someone sort of glorifying the Nazi past. And I'm afraid that when people- We are, we are. Wait, hold on. Have I shown, I need to show you this. Hold on. I'm going to show you some some videos that are going to knock your socks off. Hold on. This is this is my Black Lives Matter movement. Hold on. Let me just put it on there. Um, where is it? I'm going to show you this. I don't think you, this is like a two minute clip. Let me share it to you. I, I think you can see it when I share, right? I want you to see this because this is how we remember history. And this is like my Black Lives Matter thing. Take a listen. 72% of Chicago's deaths have been among black Chicagoans. I stood before you and talked about the fact that black folks were dying at seven times the rate of any other demographic. Of course, African-Americans are being disproportionately affected by COVID-19 and DC is no exception. Blacks represent more than two times the cases of any other demographic. There are 79% of the 285 deaths in Washington, DC. This virus affects black people. It hits us more harshly. Corbett said, also said that Moderna slowed down their enrollment in order to get more black people to enroll. They were only at 6% enrollment in a study and they stopped it and got it up to 10%, still not representative of the 14% of the population. Our COVID-19 coverage continues now with a closer look at the vaccines and why black people should trust them. Connecticut, for instance, I think it was quoted that 8% of individuals who are white who test, they test positive. Over 30% of individuals who are black are testing positive. They're knocking on hundreds of doors to build trust in getting the COVID-19 vaccine. The key to NYC pass will be a first in the nation approach. It will require vaccination. The pseudoscience of eugenics, more than 30 states passed laws allowing for the forced sterilization of so-called defectives. And took my child, and when they did that, they sterilized me. What do you think I'm worth? State officials declared Riddick feeble-minded and unfit to have children. The population question is a great concern today. Do you feel that birth control is essential to keep millions of people across the world from starving? Well, I think the birth control will keep the population uh, more or less static until you pick up your resources. The goal was to rid society of certain undesirable traits. Main reason is because I was poor and out black. So now they're going to say, because control of virus is racist, it risks black people from going to the polls, right? So even if they do uh, simply, you know, say, hey, you're wearing a mask, you should be fine. Apparently, black people are more prone. You know what makes me wonder? So we know that the elderly uh, die really easy from anything, right? But what if the Democrats are actually killing black people to get numbers? Like, what if they're going after black Americans? I mean, do you doubt that? But see, nobody seems to remember history. Democrats are the racists. And so them purporting and saying that we're racist is just deflection. They, um, you know, make you think like the other side is. Okay, so I stopped it right there. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I, I accidentally stopped it because I wanted to pause it, Dan. Dang it. I'll try to get it back up. But it was there's a part there that just so you understand how fake all these people are when they talk about they wanted to Seven. help America and stuff and show it. I'm going to show you something that nobody talked about with Kamala Harris when she was running. And I was giving it to the media and they didn't. This is why the media is like useless to me. 
hold on, I'm going to take you down to Kamala Harris. This is a huge story that no one made Kamala own when she's all for Black Lives Matter and the poverty. Take a listen to this. You know, make you think like the other Watch. side is the bad guy. Right so here. eugenicists in California sent this book to the Nazis. Yes, they did. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Hold on, let me pause on this screen here uh, where they had the letter from Attorney General Kamala Harris. Let me just pause it. At the you right think spot. like the other side. Okay, so what happened here was there's still cases out there, Patrick, where they're fighting to get uh, money and suing the state of California because they were sterilized via vaccines or some injections because the state considered them feeble-minded. Did you know that? Oh yeah, I know about that. There's yeah, been so why terrible. didn't anybody bring this up? And 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 what I'm trying to point out here is is we've got some really crazy stuff. You want to see Nazis? Hold on, I got a director's cut for you that is going to blow your mind uh, so much before, that. Before we go on, let me address that video. You yeah. So first, I'm sort of a. Uh, I've spent through my life trying to figure out how to. Anyway, I, I'm actually quite concerned with. Black communities and that problem. I, I think that I've spent my whole life trying to figure it out. I don't think that uh, the, the the policies of BLM are going to make things better. Socialism is what made things worse for them. But I think it's one thing that we've learned in the last year. It's actually time. I'm just old enough to remember the last civil rights movement. And it's I remember the discussion, the social discussion. And it's time there'd be another di a discussion on race, not, you know, not burning police precincts. And maybe it is time we revisit that whole deal. I will also point out to you that that clip about the people who are saying, well, more people, it disproportionately black people die. Whenever you hear stats like that, you got to do look up something called factor analysis. And you don't because there's all these comorbidities with with it. And you have to and it may well be that you know, black people might be X percent of the population and die at two times the rate. But you have to look into the other comorbidities and mathematically tease that out and then figure out how much of it is because they're black versus because, you know, whatever else. And there is and I'm sure there's I'm sure. Well, I would be interested in that number. I doubt it's twice. It's, it's, it was made up. It was made up. This was in 2020. And they were using it as a tool to force on these uh, mail in ballots. They were saying they were too stupid to sign up, if you remember, too stupid to get ID. And someone had made Isn't that TikTok said that they were too, what is it? They're dying too fast. So it's too dangerous for them to go. You know, what's funny. I've been around you, this MAGA crowd for about 10 months and I have yet to hear. So I talk to some old lefty friends and they'll be like, yeah, you know, acting like, what are you doing around these races? And I say, well, that's funny. I've been here 10 months. I've yet to hear one person I'm around ever say anything racist. And yet when you're around lefty, they say these things that are just such wince so moments. Oh so my God, the Biden thing. And they, I know. Oh, well, they're not smart enough to get voters license and stuff. I'm always in shock at how when lefties talk about black people, it's so clear that it's just a skin inch, you know, an inch deep, if that, that how, how they're the ones who actually don't think black people are equal. I know, I know. And I don't hear people on our side ever talk that way. In private, behind closed doors, no one ever would. People would think you're an idiot. But That's because the left is racially charged. They've they've helped put us in these neat little boxes um, to fight each other. Now, check this out. This is today's news 
with yesterday's narration. Pay attention to this director's uh, perspective. Wait, hold on. Let me unmute that because you need to listen to the to the words. But the Margaret Sanger stuff is extraordinary. Yeah, all the eugenics from her. She was the right, the but they were using needles. You know, they were telling them that they were vaccinating them. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I did. It's yeah, that's why all that stuff. It's, yeah. They used to look at black people as just Tuskegee I mean, Airmen. Chattel. Yep. Look at Tuskegee yep. Airmen. Mm -hmm. It's an extraordinary story. I mean, not the not the heroes who flew, but the Tuskegee. But it's like the Uyghurs for the Chinese. They're just. It's like what? It's like the Uyghurs for. The we, yeah. 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 Uyghurs. Uyghurs. Okay, here we go. Watch this. This is going to blow your mind. So to the war and the war progressed. Then they changed. By the 24th of March, 1933, with the passage of the Enabling Act, Hitler had obtained the legal authority to govern by decree and civil liberties were suspended for four years. Basically, he took over everything which gives a state the power to exercise power. And he used it very ruthlessly. They made it clear that anybody who resisted them was going to have an extra time that very quickly established their authority. Never underestimate the weapons of the state to dominate a population and control a population. Now unchecked by democratic restraint, Hitler had the power he needed to wage legislative war on the people who had always been his target. People he believed were a threat to his thousand-year Reich. Jewish people made up less than 1% of the population. But Hitler was intent on removing any Jewish influence on German society. New laws enabled the dismissal of Jewish professionals from government positions. In September, under the direction of Joseph Goebbels, Jews working in the media and publishing were dismissed, removing their voices from German cultural life. In 1935, the passage of the Nuremberg Laws enshrined persecution in law. Jews and gypsies were no longer citizens of the Reich. Marriage and extramarital relations with Aryans was also forbidden. The laws paved the way for the persecution which total war enabled. It normalized violence and persecution. Violence against Jewish people had been rife throughout the 1930s. But the most well-known incident was Kristallnacht, the night of the broken glass. When on November 9, 1938, over 7,000 Jewish stores were looted, nearly 200 synagogues destroyed, 91 Jews killed, and 30,000 transported to concentration camps. For Jews, it has had a deep impact on their consciousness and their memory, because most Jews realized experiencing the burning of their synagogues, the destruction of their homes, the terror in straits, and symbolized the end of the German-Jewish relationship of 
what was also called the German-Jewish symbiosis, and most Jews gave up their hope or the notion that they still had a right to domicile in Germany. So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you are vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have. Far left radicals have become increasingly desperate and increasingly dangerous in their quest to transform America into a country you would not recognize a country in which they control every aspect of American life. Just as socialist and communist movements have done all over the world, they're cracking down on all dissent and demanding absolute conformity. They want total control. Kind of looks familiar as to what's going on today, doesn't it? You it see does how- indeed. And, you know, we've all been yeah. taught our education system teaches people the wrong takeaway. The takeaway people get from World War II is what? They, they get told that the lesson is don't be nationalistic. Look at how bad nationalism was. The real lesson of World War II is as soon as they come for the values of liberalism, as soon as they challenge rule of law, equality before the law, you know, all the basics, free speech, uh, you know, the othering. But as soon as they do that, you got to stand up in their face. You defend the principles, the foundation right away. Once that got slid, there was no way you're on this downhill slide. You can't unwind. So you have to defend the principles of our principles. Called the First Amendment. I mean, the, uh, the, the Constitution. Yeah. The Constitution. All, yeah. All of our rights. As soon as that gets shot, and yet here we, for the last couple of years, stuff getting burned, people being attacked. They did it on purpose. That's what I'm saying. Like all of us are waiting for these election results, Patrick, but look at all the other fronts they're fighting on. Well, you know. Right? I, I agree. I agree. It's a massive, it's a hybrid war. They're coming at us in a bunch of dimensions at once. You know, I used to wrestle and do jujitsu. <laughs> when I learned and box, and when I'm, I'm the youngest and smallest of three sons, and I used to get my ass kicked a lot by my brothers. So what I learned was when you're starting to get overwhelmed, you're going for that one thing. You're going for that one hole. It may be a toe pick. You may be you upside down, backwards, but but you get that toe pick, and then you work it into an ankle pick, and then you're working into the and you just and you let anything else that's got a, whatever pain he's given to you, you're just ignoring and you work your way up the chain. That's why I used to wrestle with my eyes closed. People thought it was always weird, but it's it's and to me, that's the situation we're in. We you, you so you start when you're getting overwhelmed, you get that one unbreakable hold, and then you focus on that and you work it in up the chain to victory. We have, I think we're gonna be given one unbreakable hold. I think we've been given it in Mesa. We haven't even talked about Mesa. That's- I know, and we shouldn't. And oh, I, I know it came out well, in Lindell's. Yeah, you know? well, it did, but I, you know, I feel so bad. No, I'm just saying. I somebody, feel- somebody had a big freaking mouth, and that guy. I'm really Wait, no, no, no. Don't let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something straight up, and I said this on my show too, and that that was such a setup. The guy was targeting Colonel Waldron, that reporter. Because every single time he was asking his buddy that he's known since 2014, by the way, why would he know him since 2014? Ask yourself these questions, right? He constantly said, oh, so Colonel Waldron was there, right? And then he was like, oh, didn't Colonel Waldron call him? He was focused on another task. And because he failed, he utilized it differently. I'm telling you, this is super, this is like game. And you know, the guys that that you know, I know, and that Mike knows, and we kind of all talk, I told them like this was such a bad psyop. They just forced you 
to throw cover here and expose there. Like they played into it. And it's all this one person who, by the way, knew Josh since 2014. Nobody asked themselves that question. Like, that's the thing that he constantly kept asking about the Colonel. Mm. That's what I'm saying. If, if you listen to it, you can see what his job really was and he failed. Therefore he took it to another direction. Oh, let me be the hero. Cause you know, I need clicks. I, I'm, I'm being straight with you. I, yeah. I, I don't, you already know what I thought about Josh and everything, right? I've made it clear. I, it doesn't matter regardless. I mean, elections. Well, I, I'm usually am later. And it's like, you know, I bark a lot, but when I actually bite, it comes super down hard. And like you said, target laser focus. That's why I'm like, I just couldn't believe that, you know, obviously there's so much fog of war here, so much rubbish. Why don't we just hit them where it causes complete chaos? They well, want chaos. Don't let them organize it. Pull the rug out from it. Remember, I said it. Let's pull the rug out from under them and say, prove that you in 2017 got elected. Pelosi, did you really take office in 2018? I don't think so, because the machines weren't certified. There was no quorum at the EAC. How'd you do that? Hey, ship, you're sitting all nice and pretty. How'd you do that? If we would have targeted something that we have evidence that they couldn't have gotten done, we would have been so done, so over it. But I think God works in weird ways, because it was very important for us to see all of this other stuff coming out because they got so brazen and, and, you know, and then lead full circle. Like I said, we would before then uh, the next year I said, we'll be talking about my affidavit. I said it and it's happening regardless. Well, it's well done. I read your affidavit to actually someone sent it to me all, all blacked out. I know the person. Well, there was one guy actually, yeah, they had a blackout stuff and, and that's probably why the judge wants it in chambers, but the people should know. You know, I'll, uh, I want to tell you before we go, if mm -hmm. that, uh, I see somebody saying, let Patrick speak. Um, people are running, our country's hanging by a thread. Burn doesn't get the urgency. Burn, he'd act, he's too calm. He doesn't have your passion tour. You got to get more passion out of Burn. I'm about passion. I'm pushing, listen, I, I walked onto this field nine months, no, it was 12 months ago. I've, sunk an unbelievable amount of money over the last year. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I don't, if I'm not conveying tonight, my killer passion for this. I'm, I'm about as invested you in this. Totally are. I tell them that too. You know about this joke, the old, right. the old joke about what's the difference between the, the chicken and the pig and, and the breakfast in the, in the bacon and egg breakfast, the, the chicken is interested. The pig is committed. I'm about as committed as one gets in this. I'm just a cool customer. We, it's funny, I'm now, I, but it, I've been accused of this before. When I reach the point in fights where I know I've kind of have won, it hasn't played out yet, but I know it's I've won, I get probably too compassionate. I'm always the guy trying to be, ever since I was a kid, I'm the guy who in victory is trying to be like, hey, let's not, I don't want to take this any farther. Let's, I really, I know that people want vengeance. My first priority is to get this country through is to get things resolved peaceably. We cannot let the goons turn us into an authoritarian state, of course, but we can take the wheels out from that. And we have to do there without ever having violent talk. If they're going to come after us, they're going to say there's some, you know, there's some 
act, you can say, yeah, free speech, free speech. But if you're undermining the government in a certain way, it's not covered. So we have to be clear at all times, no violent language. Don't let anyone even pull, drag you into that language. Yes, I'm calm. I'm calm tonight, but I'm calm because I have a pretty clear idea of what the weeks and months ahead look like. Things are getting I, better quickly. I, Patrick, my, my listeners, they see things and they're like, why is he? And I'm like, look, you need to trust this. This guy is on your team. But he was part of the Council of Foreign Leaders. So I used to work with all the swamp creatures. The that, same, what, I was part of the I'm what, just, did they say? Council of Foreign Relations. Yeah, you know, and, and no, no, it's a, it, no, it doesn't matter. We want people that know people and have been in it to stand up for people. We're not going to get some rabbi with a clean record. You're going to get the dirtiest of the dirtiest coming out and saying, wait a minute, I know all their tricks. Let me show you. That oh. cartwheel is like this. This is how this is how we get things done, right? I, I hope I, that doesn't really happen because that would scare too much of the public. I think that, I know, well, no, I know that. I say that too. I say that too. I say that too. But they will see it because they're being hit on all these fronts. The election fraud is just one big giant chunk. And you know, for me, I know that it's going to be really difficult. I just couldn't believe that the judge wanted to talk in chambers. Now people say that's normal that they want to do that, but no, not in this case. So here's the future. Here's the future. The left wants there to be a great reset. And then we emerge a goon authoritarian nation doubling down on the socialism, which destroyed this country over the last 85 years. And the other path out of this is there's going to be a big reset, but we're going to emerge as the United States of America again, shorn of these terrible mistakes that, that we've accumulated over the, the decades of my life and the way we do. So, you know, there's going to be the whole, uh, for example, the, I think the, the financial system is quite likely to melt when that happens. It is. It is. I said, they're going into you know, this a totally different way to, yeah. to design yeah. the social safety net. And you have to have a social safety net. You got to take care, care of old people, sick people, and poor people. So I, there used to be a lot of uncertainty in people's lives that can be addressed by social safety net. We've learned a lot in 60 years and 90 years. We can totally redesign all that. I've sort of got all that in place in, in my mind that how we emerge as America again and not this, we've got, we've had 80 years of being quasi-socialist and now we're gonna emerge as full of socialist. No, we can emerge and get rid of all this stuff. That's, that's really so, but there is no way to get through this without a deep, there's gonna be a big financial. It, it needs to be a deep cleanse in every facet. I remember in the early days, I would be like, Trump needs to fire everyone in, in the state department down to the freaking janitor. You know, he needs to just fire everybody Just start fresh with like regular people. We need to start, you know, from the, from the, from the beginning, we need to remember the roots of America, which were rebels pro freedom. Right. And we have to do it the right way. They gave us the foundations and we need to stick to it. I agree. A hundred million percent. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, what's funny. We were watching some old videos of president Trump talking about Afghanistan. And you know what? I forgot. Well, I've mentioned it to my audience, but you know that Osama bin Laden was never in Afghanistan, right? No. Yeah. And you should ask General Flynn about that, right? Because he was never in Afghanistan. The Taliban hated him. That's why he was always with the ISI in Pakistan. They oh, hated 
Osama. So the question everyone should be asking is, hold on a second. So this war is over and the Taliban won. It's kind of like Vietnam. We went to Vietnam, sat there 20 years to not let them become communists. Not only did they become communists, but every other nation around them became communists while we were there, right? Which is weird. And now we're in Afghanistan because of Osama when Osama was never there because the mullahs wouldn't take him, right? Taliban hated him. So the question is, why were we there in the first place? Now, on the front, people would say opium, right? Pharmaceuticals need that opium, oxy medications, right? But in fact, it's the rare earth minerals that they needed. And now China has swooped in to say, good job, Taliban. Let's help you now. So what was really going on in Afghanistan? Well. That's a question everyone should there ask. Is, there is a fortune in, in, right? in raw materials and uh, there. Niobium, electric cars, hello. That's not who was driving things, I don't yeah. think. I mean, you can always look for those sort of, that's kind of the Chomsky and way of seeing things, that everything's about raw materials or, or steel. Oh, yeah. it's, now, there's, there's, there's intellectual, ideological structures that these people create, and that's what my exposure to the foreign policy community has taught me. They have these ideological structures and they, uh, they, they, you know, they're just like the left. In yeah. The left has, my image of the lefties, is some, a London School of Economics professor had, gave me this image. Think of this great big machine and there's a crowd watching and there's some guy up in front of the machine He's got his baseball cap on backwards. He's got his screwdriver. And he thinks he's such a wonderful mechanic. He's going to tune that machine while everyone applauds him. And he can change, fiddle with the screw on the carburetor. He can change this, you know, change. And he's going to just get that humming. That's how the left thinks they can manage the economy. And when they talk that way, you're why and it's funny because none of these people ever ran a, you know, yeah, a machine cream, in there. Yeah. An ice cream, an ice cream. But I've got all these theories about how to redesign, you know, a six of the U.S. economy. It's really silly. But uh, that's the that's how the and so I always when I hear them talk, I think of that. Dil, is it Dilbert that has the the pointy hair boss that always is like, hey, what could uh, possibly yeah, go wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got these stupid ideas. What could possibly go wrong? That's when the left talks about the economy. And hey, you know, <laughs> look at what they've done to the black community. In my mind, the great society. See, I'm much more subscribed to Thomas Sowell's vision of history, which was as horrible as slavery and everything was. And super, yeah, and of course, black people were. The, the modern uh, read is that what's going on now is a legacy of slavery. Thomas Sowell has argued, actually, there was a great deal of progress going on for black Americans until you know, from post-slavery, you know, of course, horrible setbacks, Greenwood, Oklahoma, you know, black communities started getting middle class. And when they reached middle class, poor whites would burn them out. And that's what started the black exodus to the north. So horrible, you know, worst, how we treated blacks and Native Americans is the worst part of our history. That said, Thomas Sowell argues how that was all healing and nature taking its course until the left shows up in the uh -huh. mid-60s and says, oh, it's that pointy hair manager saying, I've got a bunch of ideas and what could possibly go wrong? I'm going to create a welfare system so that 75% of kids, instead of 20% of kids growing up with a single parent, it's 75%. What could possibly go wrong? They're idiots. However, on the right, when I hear the right talk about, or even the, the neocons, uh, 
talk about their grand plans, how the left is so silly about that big machine, how they think they're going to find They see the same thing. <laughs> right is that way on the global geopolitical structure. We're going to get a, you know, Iraq stacked up against Iran and then this other thing, Afghanistan. Gonna, oh, boy, they have their plans. They sure. And it's, you know, it's what could possibly go wrong. They're the same. That's why yeah. they're just saying it in a different language, in the more my shit doesn't stink language. And one is doing it on the economy, thinks you can run the economy that way. And one thinks you can run the, the global geopolitical relations that way. And it's a conceit. The common denominator is a conceit. It's a fatal conceit. My great Austrian economists call it the fatal conceit. These planners have this conceit that they think they can run the world. And whenever they do, they make it worse off. It's that pointy hair manager coming up with stupid idea after stupid idea and saying, ah, oh, what could possibly go wrong? Well, it's because they all think they know best. People don't know what they want. We do. We're here and we know best for yeah, everything. Yeah, they're the experts. They yeah, well, the that's experts. the way it is. I know you have to go because people are flagging you and I can see it. So I'm going to ask you one question. I ask everyone this. Do you really think that John McAfee is gone this time? Yeah, I no, do. But I, think he might have done, I think he might have played one big practical joke. You He's 70. He was 75. Mm -hmm. He was getting extradited. You know, every year in prison ages you like three. So he probably had five years of life if he gets sent to prison for the rest of his life. So he's, you know, if you're 75 and, you know, what's the point of staying alive five years of misery eating, you know, uh, whatever you eat in prison? Maybe he decides, you know what, I'm not going to go through that. I'll just kill myself. But I'm going to kill myself in a way that creates a big problem for <laughs> other people. I'm going to make sure I'm going to... I'm going to go around and act like I'm real happy and make these plans and talk with my lawyer and talk with my wife and make all these tell, you know, act real happy. Then when I go and hang myself, everyone's going to say this, this has to have been, couldn't have been suicide. He was making plans for, you know, what he was doing in two, two hours. Up. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a big practical joke from John McAfee. It would be the kind of thing he would do, but I don't know anything. Any. Yeah, me, me too. I, I, I'm just like, you know, we've had funerals before for him. So, uh, you know, we have, remember when he faked that heart attack, people went, everyone was crying and stuff. Did he, I don't, I don't know that story. Did yeah, he show yeah, yeah. No, like afterwards he was still alive. It was one of the people that he paid to look like him. Uh, that's that, that was it. So I, I'm just, I, that's why I was asking, but yeah, I, if I was John McAfee and I was stuck, really stuck, I would have done the same thing. I agree. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be able to take my life because you know, I'm, I'm religious. So it would be like, nope. But yeah, I think McAfee was probably not so religious. Yeah. Okay. And, um, okay. Judging from what I've heard about his life. Well, you know, he kind of was, I think everybody comes, has that come really? to this moment at some point they do regardless, especially when they're seeking redemption. Um, uh, so I, I find that, you know, that is one of the most amazing. Uh, so would it be just like John McAfee to kill himself, but make it look like it was a suspicious staged a homicide stage to look like a sewer. It would just be his style. It would, it would, but it could also be that he staged it and it's not really him. We don't know. Yeah, and we won't know until we really, really find out. He might not ever tell us. I'll come back in September. Let's catch up in September and things where see where things stand. And if I'm too calm tonight, I'll be maybe if depending on how the facts come out, maybe I'll be ready to bite the ass off a bear when I come back in September. Let's see what the evidence is first. Remember? 
We're the guys who believe in evidence. Yeah. We have the hypotheses. We're going to get the evidence, confirm or not. If we're right, then I think maybe it's time to get a little hmm, hot under the collar then. But we'll do well, it in a minute. Yeah. In the meantime, I'll be filing lawsuits on my end so that I can have Dominion at least answer something. Right? Yeah. Okay. Take care, Tori. Ciao. Thank you for being with us, Patrick. What an honor to be on your show. I know I mean it. And my what a jungle light upon you, man. I look forward to coming back and seeing and talking to all your listeners. Yeah, that's again. what they said. They said, make sure next time you do a screening of Shadowgate with them. And it's like, you've watched I'll Shadowgate. I'll do that. You've watched it, though. You want oh, to yeah. watch it together? I'll watch PSYOP. I'll watch Shadowgate, anything you want. I oh, my gosh. See, what do you think of them? I've heard of this movie. Amanda Milnius's movie about... Uh, she hates me. By the way, don't ever say my name in her presence. She'll start screaming like a liberal. Okay. Well, <laughs> she made a movie about the stealing of the presidency or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. That Remember, means... Akbar was part of that. Anyway, <laughs> Akbar, Ali Akbar, Carl Rove's boyfriend, the guy on the sex tapes. Let's try to keep it less... <laughs> Trillion, it was right? it was news. It was news literally on mainstream media like a decade ago. There's a book written about it. You didn't know that? No. I, I kind of I don't get it. I like like to read about economics and play. Yeah, no, but this is Carl Rove getting blackmailed by McCain staffer. See, that was news. If you say so. Okay. I love you, Tori. Bye. peaceful. <laughs> Bye. Okay, guys. So that was Patrick Byrne. I hope you guys um, enjoyed that. That was really good chat. Um, I'm just going to play a song and then we'll get to some other good stuff. Uh, we're just going to play a little bit of Tom McDonald while I um, get myself a bottle of water because I want to show you guys some stuff because um, my cat's begging for my attention. It's like, can he stop already? I'll be right back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Half the country fell asleep, but they scream woke. We're distracted by vaccines and TV shows. Politics, celebrity, gossip, popular, neat quotes. Black lives, white lives, which lives mean most? We only dedicate one day to remember our fallen soldiers, the men and women who died young. But if you come out the closet as Caitlyn Jenner, you're a hero and you get a whole Pride Month. The most dangerous pandemics propaganda from these clowns. Only mass is gonna save us is duct tape on their mouths. Don't speak. We don't need to defund police. Need to defund the media who lies through their teeth like Big Pharma doesn't cure you, dog. Cause every patient that gets cured is a customer lost. And big oil runs the world. The only wars that get fought are with the countries who have natural resources they want. Heard him claiming if a white man braids his hair and likes rap, he's appropriating culture. But if a white man acts too white, he's white trash, he's a racist, he's a bigot, he's a monster. Let's just have the conversation. Not every liberal is dumb, not all Republicans are racist. The government wants everybody fighting with their neighbors because they know that if we get along, we'll probably go against them. They can't stop us, because we're ready to fight, trying to brainwash us. But we won't let freedom die. The whole world's brain Everybody pick a team, start a riot in the streets. The whole world's brain It's us against them, and it you again. All right, guys. I had a lot of fun because I needed that little hiatus too. Um, I can't express to you uh, what I've been going through in regards to 
trying to maintain focus and um, get some things done. Tomorrow, your guardians in your state group should be giving you letters and a list of um, addresses and emails to send out in support of our troops. Um, nobody, nobody can do that to our troops. And we need to put them on notice, tell them that we are there. And yes, we will file a class action together. And believe it or not, um, a couple of attorneys that I had tapped for that are all now working on campaigns. It seems like every person that I call that's a heavy hitter suddenly gets a call from the same camp to campaign for someone. So I'm getting a little bit upset. But um, you'll be getting all that. You know, I should have Tom McDonald on. You know, I don't get, I get guests when we could just chat about things um, in what's going on. Uh, I should ask him. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's not a coincidence, Bergy. It's not a coincidence that the same person is tapping the lawyers. But we do have two patriots. Um, I'm hoping that I have another one down in Ohio and some other states. We will be coming down hard because, see, for now, Dominion has become like Voldemort. No media will talk about them because they're worried about getting sued. See, what this judge did was put a gag on everybody that they can't mention Dominion. They can't talk about it because they're scared that they're going to get sued. And that is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So we have to do it um, in other ways. I mean, you know, we should have just pulled the rug out from under them, but it didn't happen. And um, that's 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 the problem that we have. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, what happened to my attorney was, uh, you know, a little bit weird. And um, someone actually made a video of that. I think I found that somewhere. Um, and I'll play it after I introduce you to the type of lawyer that... Um, the, uh, the judge that they've decided out of all of them is going to be assigned um, to my case. It's um, quite fascinating. I'm going to start from, let's see, 2014. Is that the oldest report I have? 2015, 2014, 2014, it's 2017. So let's see. So we have the first report that we're going to put is this, just so you guys see the judge that has my case. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Hello. Come in. I am. Thanks. That guy's name is Matt DeHart. As you notice, he was tortured by the U.S. government, right? That's the title. Hold on. Let me take you to another um, report. Listen to what his mother said. This is the whistleblower's mom. Um, they did a lot of things to him. They, um, they did a lot of things to him. They, um, they put him in a dry cell and stripped him naked. They sprayed him with 
some kind of bleach antiseptic. Um, they let him defecate in his cell. They wouldn't feed him unless he talked with them. So they gave him uh, Coke and candy bars. And I didn't know because he didn't want to tell me till much later. I remember when he was in Kentucky, one of the um, inmates who he became friends with had told me once on the phone that Matt had had burn marks when he came in on both sides of his arms. And Matt didn't remember how he got them until he started having nightmares and his memory started coming back. And they put him in a chair and they put a bag over his head and they poured water on him and they kept tasing him. And that's why he's got PTSD. And who knows what else they did. I just know that afterwards he said they kept him from eating. They kept him up. Sleep deprivation and loud noise. When he'd go to sleep, they bang on the bars and stuff like that. And he said the worst of all this for him was when he thought they weren't ever going to give him anything to drink and he was going to die. Got to do this for days. This is what August 2010. Yeah. Which is in Bangor, Maine, right? This is in Bangor, Maine. Right. And this is the FBI that was doing this, right? Yes. And he still has nightmares, and that's why I have nightmares. Paul has nightmares. And uh, it's funny because when Matt and I talk about it, we have the same. I tell him, you know, I wake up with panic attacks because of what happened to you. So, yeah, that's why he has PTSD. So the judge that ruled on his case is the one that they assigned to me because he worked for WikiLeaks and he exposed them. But let's get to our president. Let's go. Let's see what he has to say. That conversation to the extent you feel you're able to share it with us. Well, it's good to be with you, Sean, but it's a terrible time for our country. Uh, I don't think in all of the years our country has ever been so humiliated. I don't know, would you call it a military defeat or a psychological defeat? There's never been anything like what's happened here. It's, uh, you can go back to Jimmy Carter with the hostages. We all thought that was a great embarrassment, and we were pulled out of that by Ronald Reagan. This is uh, many, many times worse. And you're dealing with thousands and thousands of Americans and others that are stranded and very dangerously, really stranded in Afghanistan. So it's uh, it's something that you, you can't even believe that a thing like this could. I looked at that big monster cargo plane yesterday with people grabbing the side and trying to get flown out of Afghanistan because of their fear, their incredible fear, and they're blowing off the plane from 2,000 feet up in the air. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like that. That blows the helicopters in Vietnam away. That's not even a contest. This has been the most humiliating period of time I've ever seen. Yeah, we had a great deal. We worked on it very hard. Mike Pompeo, a brilliant guy, and many others worked on it endlessly. Uh, meetings with the Taliban. Of course, you have to meet with the Taliban. They're the ones that you're negotiating with. I spoke on numerous occasions to the head of the Taliban, and we had a very strong conversation. I told him up front, I said, look, before we start, let me just tell you right now that if anything bad happens to Americans or anybody else, or if you ever come over to our land, we will hit you with a force that no country has ever 
been hit with before, a force so great that you won't even believe it. And your village, and we know where it is, and I named it, uh, will be the first well, one. Mr. The first President, I want to interrupt. Dropped right there. You said this to who? Yeah. Who did you? You said to that, to who? To Mullah Baradar, who is probably the top person. Now, nobody really knows who the top person is, but I would say that's probably the top person. And it seems to be uh, that's the way it's rolling right now. But I had a very strong conversation. I also had a good conversation with him. We talked for a while after that. That was the primary point I was making. And he understood it. And I asked him, do you understand? He said, yes, I do understand. And I wanted them to get a deal done with uh, the Afghan government. Now, I never had a lot of confidence, frankly, in Ghani. I said that openly and plainly. I thought he was a total crook. I thought he got away with murder. He spent all his time whining and dining uh, our senators. I mean, the senators were in his pocket. That was one of the problems that we had, but I never liked him. And I guess based on his escape with cash, I don't know, maybe that's a true story. I would suspect it is. All you have to do is look at his lifestyle, study his houses where he lives. He got away with murder in many, many different ways. But uh, I had a very, very strong talk with the Taliban, which I considered to be much more important in the sense because they were the problem. And they've been there for a long time and they're good fighters and they fight hard. And after I said that, we had a pretty good conversation. Now, I have to tell you that if you remember when they were coming to Washington to meet with me, they decided to kill an American soldier because they thought that was a good way to negotiate and I canceled the trip. And we had a conditions-based agreement. And if you remember, it said May 1st, we wanna get out because we have to get out. I've listened to people on your show and other shows say we should stay. They don't know, we, we were spending $42 billion a year, 42 billion. Think of it, 42 billion. I understand Russia spends 50 billion a year for their entire military. We were spending 42 billion, not 1%. They were saying 1%. That's a lot of nonsense. We're spending $42 billion a year on defending this for years and years. We've been there really now, not 20 years, but 21 and a half years. And we get nothing out of any of these things that we do, whether it's them or many other countries I could tell you about. I'm not going to insult anybody right now. But to spend that kind of money and then to have people get on shows and say how inexpensive it was. And I have to tell you also that we lost no soldiers in the last year and a half because of me and because of the understanding that we had. We lost no, think of that, in Chicago and in New York and in other cities in the United States, many people die every weekend. We lost no soldiers in Afghanistan because they knew I wasn't gonna put up with it. And that's what happened. So we had a very strong conversation. Let me ask you this, sir. Uh you know, it's interesting to listen to Joe Biden blame you. Uh, I inherited this deal, he kept saying, but he also inherited secure borders and he also inherited energy independence. And he also inherited three vaccines and therapeutics like Regeneron. Uh, and we now see what, what, what's been unfolding. And he didn't have inflation at the time. I want to go back. This is I want to be very clear here because because Secretary of State Pompeo on this program said exactly what you did that there wouldn't be an exit strategy that didn't include the current conditions on the ground. And I have multiple sources, and you're confirming tonight, that it sounds to me 
like you told the Taliban, that if they violated any aspect of this agreement with territorial ambitions, we learned last week that 60 percent of the country was in their control. And you told them in no uncertain terms, it sounds to me like you would basically treat them like uh, you took care of the caliphate in Syria, ISIS. Well, we did. We got rid of the caliphate. Everyone said it was impossible. And I did it very quickly. And I let the generals make the decisions. The generals, the real generals, the ones that were over there doing the fighting, the ones that knew how to do it, because we have a lot of generals that shouldn't be generals right now, frankly. Um, and I'm watching them all the time. But we have some great ones. We have great leaders in our military. We have the greatest military in the world. And we're giving it a very bad reputation. What's happening? Think of it. Uh, we took this horrible place. I mean, a place that just we shouldn't have been involved with a horrible decision going into the Middle East. And I know the Bush family will not be happy, but I believe it was the worst decision in the history of our country when we decided to go into the Middle East. It's turned out to be quicksand. We've destroyed the Middle East. Do you think it's better now than it was 20, 21 years ago? It's much worse it was a horrible decision, it cost us trillions of dollars. And and if you look at both sides, because I like to look at both sides, millions and millions of lives. And it's no different than it was. It's much worse because you have to rebuild it. It's been blown to pieces. The worst decision ever made was going, you can do a strike as retribution, and it could be a big strike as retribution for the World Trade Center, etc. But to get stuck in there was like quicksand. So we did a terrible thing. But think of what's happening now. I've heard as many as 40,000 Americans and the Taliban, good fighters. I will tell you, they're good fighters. We have to give them credit for that. They've been fighting for a thousand years. That's what they do is they fight. The Taliban has circled the airport and who knows if they're going to treat us right. You know, all of a sudden they'll say, well, frankly, if they were smart, they'd really and they are smart and they are smart. They should let the Americans out. But we've had situations where you have two or three or four hostages. We could have 40,000 Americans, not to mention others, like people that helped us in Afghanistan. So we've never had a situation like this. We have 40,000 potential hostages, a minimum of 11,000, but it could be as many as 40. No, they have no idea how many. Nobody knows how many. They don't know anything. When Joe Biden told the country that he, he trusted that the Afghan military was so far superior and there were over 300,000 strong and they had an air force and we wouldn't see what happened in Saigon. He couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, but let me go back to the, the words you used to the Taliban leader, because we knew last week that 60 percent of the country had already been taken over by the Taliban and there was no sense of urgency to me under your plan. If they had taken over 5 percent, not 60, like they had last, 5% that was not in your agreement. What would have happened to them? We would have hit them very hard. Again, the words are conditions, plural, conditions based. It was a an agreement where actually we wanted to get out by May 1st and they violated the agreement. So we didn't. It's a great agreement from a lot of different standpoints. And frankly, Biden didn't have to even go by that agreement. He could have done. Look what he's done to the border. We had the greatest border, southern border in the history of our country. We stopped drugs. We stopped human trafficking. We stopped people from coming in, prisoners from coming in. Now you'll have I mean, you have the worst people in the world. They're emptying their jails into our country. This is like the southern border. 
but it's handled even worse. Nobody handled the southern border worse than him. We had the most secure border we've ever had. Now we have by far the worst border we've ever had. Well, Afghanistan is the exact same thing. To think of this, we have a military. It's holding it. You know, I got it reduced down to 2,500 soldiers, and they were doing a good job. It was fine. It was a smaller force. I took it down from close to 20 to 2,500, and we were fine. But we have the military there, and we take the military out before we took our civilians out and before we took the interpreters and other we want to try and help. But by the way, I'm America first. OK, the Americans come out first, but we're also going to help people that helped us. And we have to be very careful with the vetting because you have some rough people in there, but we're going to help those people. But can you imagine now what we were going to do just very quickly is we were going to take the military out last. OK, last. The people were coming out. They were going to come out. But the agreement was violated. So I held things back because we weren't going to do anything. Again, conditions based. So well, they weren't we'll, we'll fulfilling their obligations and conditions. But here's just to finish. The people come out first. Then I was going to take all of the military equipment. We have billions and billions of dollars worth of new Black Hawk helicopters, brand new, that Russia now will be examining and so will China and so will everybody else to figure it because it's the greatest in the world. We have brand new army tanks and all sorts of equipment, missiles. We have everything. I was going to take it out because I knew they weren't going to fight. Just one thing, and I have to say, and this is different from everyone else. I said, why are they fighting? Why are these Afghan soldiers fighting against the Taliban? And I was told some very bad information by a lot of different people. The fact is they're among the highest paid soldiers in the world. They were doing it for a paycheck because once we stopped, once we left, they stopped fighting. So all of the people that talk about the bravery and everything, I say everybody's brave. But the fact is our country was paying the Afghan soldiers a fortune. So we were sort of bribing them to fight. And that's not what it's all about. It's a great thing that we're getting out. But nobody has ever handled a withdrawal worse than Joe Biden. This is the greatest embarrassment, I believe, in the history of our country. Mr. President, we don't know how many Americans are trapped behind enemy lines. We know that the Taliban have set up a perimeter around the airport. Um, I guess the question is, how do we get our people home now? What would you advise? What would you do if you were put into this situation right now and dropped in and you were to take over? What is the answer? Because we don't know where they are. Senator Tom Cotton literally said that people are being told to go to a website. Don't call anymore. Go to a website, he said. I, I'm like, pl please tell me we have a better plan than that. Joe's been on vacation. I just heard that apparently he landed back at, at the White House. Nice of him to return. And he only returned because he was getting terrible press. OK, he didn't return for any other reason. And I don't even believe he's calling the shots. Look, what you need more than anything is a, is a president that's respected. You need a president that got rid of ISIS. We got 100 percent got rid of ISIS. We did a job. Uh, Al-Baghdadi. I won't even mention all of the things that we did. Nobody's ever done what. We've done. We were respected all over the world. China was paying us billions and billions of dollars of tariffs. Companies were moving back into our country and China respected us. And frankly, they respected me. But you look, Russia, 
I had the pipeline stopped, totally stopped. Biden comes in, he approves that pipeline, but he disapproves the Keystone XL pipeline. You need a president that's respected. I've never realized how important, frankly, and it's a horrible thing to say, how important a president, the head of this country is. I thought it would maybe run through bureaucracy. It doesn't. You need somebody up there that they're going to respect. So when they say, oh, he talked to the Taliban, you remember they were criticizing me. They criticized me when I talked to Kim Jong-un. Well, President Biden told me it's the single biggest problem we have. I said, have you ever called him? Have you ever talked to him? No, I haven't. He did try, but he was not. It was not receptive on the other side. But it was receptive with me, with me. Now, we were supposed to have a war and probably a very big nuclear war. I get along with him great. And I got along with him great. He doesn't like Biden much. I'll tell you that. But I got along with him great. And we had no problems. You remember that it was we were virtually remember the big button versus the little button and the whole thing. Let me just we get along great. We had a very good relationship. We met. We got no credit for that one. No problem. By the way, South Korea, I got them to pay billions of dollars, billions. We're protecting South Korea. They're very wealthy. They built the ships. They build the televisions. They built. They do everything. They're very rich. They were paying us nothing. I got them to pay billions and billions of dollars because we're protecting them from North Korea. And I had a very good relationship with President Moon and all of the people in South Korea. In fact, they they liked me and I liked them. But I said, why are we doing this for nothing? Japan, the same thing. So many. We're protecting the world. We can't do this. It's not we're not supposed to be doing this. If you look at Russia, if you look at China, how many countries are they fighting for? One. You ask them. They're fighting for Russia. They're fighting for China. They're not fighting for 93 different countries all over the world. Most of them, no, never, I mean, nobody ever heard of them. So we had a very, very strong conversation with the mullah. And frankly, it, it absolutely, you know, they would not have done what they've done right now. This is the greatest embarrassment and beyond embarrassment. This is something that it will affect our relationships for years to come and decades to come. I will say when China watches this, they're so happy and they're laughing at us. They're laughing. I extracted billions and billions of dollars out of China. Never happened. We never got 10 cents from China. Billions and billions. They were so happy to see a rigged election. They might have helped it along, actually, but they were so happy. But, Sean, I'll tell you what, this is the greatest embarrassment that I've ever seen. This is and you know it better than you do an incredible job in covering it. And I appreciate it. The whole country appreciates it. This is the greatest embarrassment in the history of our country. There's never been. And let me tell you, we haven't stopped. This is not ending again. We have all of those thousands of Americans over there and others. And you're saying, how are they going to get? They have a Taliban ring around the airport. And they know, said nobody else. Now, they're saying we'll negotiate. But I really do you really think I mean, their history is that they're very brutal and they don't like to negotiate. That's their history. And Biden put us in this position. He should have gotten the civilians out first. Then he should have taken the military equipment. We have billions of dollars of brand new, beautiful equipment. Take the equipment out. And then take the soldiers out. And frankly, I said, take the soldiers out. But before you leave, blow up all the forts because we built these forts that are 
being now used by the enemy. It's they not even everything. believable. You know, it's interesting because I'm watching both Russia and China race in and they want to recognize the Islamic uh, Emirates of Afghanistan almost immediately. You know, it's funny. I mentioned to you that I had numerous sources that said that I apparently a lot of people are on your phone calls. I know everyone wanted to release the Ukraine call. They said what we really need to do is release the calls between President Trump and the head of the Taliban. And maybe while we're at it, we can release some of the calls with President Trump and President Xi because America might be shocked uh, to hear um, how strong you were and forceful you were in, in a lot of these conversations, which leads me to a question about what's going on with China and Russia. They're both arming Iran, putting that aside. But Ch China in particular has threatened our military bases, Japan's military bases. They lectured our country in front of our Secretary of State, not Mike Pompeo, Blinken, in Anchorage about human rights, of all things, after COVID. Um, and then the communist Chinese are saying we need to beg for permission to land in Taiwan. And their propaganda newspaper is suggesting that America w won't lift a finger to help our ally Taiwan if, in fact, they have reunification, which we both means they want to take over Taiwan. And I'm not sure I don't dis I disagree with that assessment. I don't believe Joe Biden would lift a finger to help Taiwan. Your thoughts on the new aggressive nature of China? Well, I had a great relationship with President Xi, a really great relationship. We got along great until COVID, even though I taxed the hell out of him through the tariffs. Uh, they weren't happy, but I had a very good relationship. And we met at Mar-a-Lago and I told him very strongly, do not do anything having to do with Taiwan. Just don't do it. And I said it much stronger than that. I'm not going to say exactly how, but it was said very strongly. This wasn't a call. This was sitting at a in a sofa at Mar-a-Lago, a meeting that was supposed to last 15 minutes before we went on to various other things within, you know, with our different people. But it lasted for hours. We got along great. The first half hour, I said, do not do anything having to do with Taiwan. I know you want to. Do not do it. Anyway. Then the election gets rigged and we end up with a different president. And what happens? There are bombers now last week, 28 bombers flying over Taiwan. And this happened a week after the election. They were all of a sudden, I think bad things are going to happen with respect to Taiwan because they don't respect our leadership and they no longer respect our country. And that's a really bad thing. China does not respect us any longer. And they had more respect for us just seven months ago than they ever had for this country. Let, let me ask you about the border was one of your big issues, sir. You had put in place the stay in Mexico policy. You built over 500 miles of border wall. You ended catch and release. OK, well, now the stay in Mexico policy is gone. The wall construction has ended and it's no longer catch and release. It's process and release in the middle of a pandemic. You've seen the cages that are overcrowded with all of these illegal immigrants, a high rate of COVID positivity. There's no vaccine mass, uh, uh, mandates, vaccine passports, mask mandates for illegal immigrants that many states are putting and burdening American people with. And those people are then being dispersed all over the country. Um, wow. A big change that seven months can make. And now it's going to be millions of people. What was your reaction? What is your reaction? 
I've never seen anything like what was happening and what is happening now at our southern border. All he had to do is nothing. We had the greatest remain in Mexico. People weren't even allowed into our country. And we won that in the courts. We it was very tough. Uh, the wall was almost completed. It would have been it could have been built in another month. They delayed me two and a half years when Congress, the Democrats in Congress sued me. We never had a border anything anywhere like it. And then almost immediately they ended these policies. Catch and release. You catch them and release them into our country instead of catching them and bringing them back to their country. And many of these people are stone cold and very hard convicts and prisoners. They're very tough. I mean, literally, as I said, they are emptying their jails and not just the three countries, not just Honduras and Guatemala and El Salvador. Many countries are coming in and they're emptying out their prisons and letting them come into our country. And they're walking in in caravans and other ways. What's happening? So I never saw anything so stupid in my life until the last few days with Afghanistan. That blows the stupidity of the southern border away. What happened <laughs> and what is happening in Afghanistan is unbelievable. And we're being set up by very tough people that are very great negotiators. I'll tell you what, they're great, automatically great negotiators. They've been fighting for a thousand years and everything about them, they negotiate. We're being set up. They have all of those people. And in a certain way, I guarantee you, they consider them to be hostages. And let's see what happens over the coming weeks. But this is not a story that just ended today or yesterday. This is a story that's going to go on for a long time. And it could be a very, very bad ending. We have Americans caught behind enemy lines right now. And we were told this could never happen. And it happened. Um, let me ask you about energy. One of the reasons I had for many years been an advocate of energy independence, because what happens in the Straits of Hormuz and in the Middle East are not really that important. Uh, you accomplished something in your administration. I don't think you got a lot of credit for it, but you made America energy independent for the first time in 75 years. Um, and and that we I don't think in the last months of your administration, you imported a single barrel of oil from Saudi Arabia, for example, Zero. not one. And now yeah. we just had in the last two weeks, Joe Biden begging OPEC to increase production uh, because it still is the lifeblood of the world's economy. Uh, my question is, with gas up $1.30 a gallon, it's, it, this is now a new tax on the American people. That means the cost of delivering every every single product in every grocery store, drugstore, every Home's Depot and Lope, uh, Lowe's is costing Americans more and inflation on top of it at 5.4 percent, you know, a 15 year high. Your reaction to that aspect of the economy alone. So energy independence was one of my greatest achievements, I thought. I think the vaccine, energy independence, what we did on the border, uh, frankly, uh, Afghanistan would have been great. We would have been out and we would have been out with dignity and with pride. And it would have worked out great. None of this stuff going this, though. Again, it's not the concept of leaving. It's the way they withdrew. It was not even possible to believe. But gasoline, as you know, was $1.87 when I was leaving office. And now it's going to be up to over $5 very soon. And they're talking to OPEC. I know the OPEC people very well. You talk about negotiators, they're killing us. And what you didn't say is that Biden failed with OPEC. They told him no on the cutbacks. They failed with OPEC. 
To think that we're back to negotiating with OPEC, that's how we got into the Middle East years ago, because we needed we needed the energy and we went into the Middle East and would protect countries because we needed the energy. We didn't have to do that anymore. We were energy independent. And now those wells are shut down and those jobs are gone. And Keystone is and its numbers, 48,000 jobs, not 8,000 jobs. Those People and they lied in the campaign because Biden never talked about closing up Keystone. He said, oh, well, we'll look at it. We'll look at it. They were lying because it was almost the first day that they closed up Keystone. And those workers are devastated. And the head of the union, they all support me, but the head of the union supported Biden. And they ought to throw him the hell out because he was worthless, because look what happened. But they lied about so many things. They lied about energy. They lied about Keystone. They lied about the military. They lied about so much. Our country is in such trouble. Such Mr. Trouble. President, we, we you touched on Russia. I want to go back to it because we saw these these massive cyber attacks uh, in, in their energy grid and, and also our food line, especially with our meats in this country. And then we also witnessed, and you referenced it earlier in the interview, the waiver that you prevented Vladimir Putin from getting, which allowed him to build the pipeline that is literally the lifeblood of the economy of our allies in Western Europe, while simultaneously cutting out the Keystone XL pipeline, high paying career jobs for Americans. And I, I've got to ask, um, because if it was you or uh, your sons, and let's see, what do they have in common? Russia, Hunter Biden got a lot of money. China, they didn't do a deal with Goldman Sachs. They didn't do a deal with Deutsche Bank. They did a deal with Hunter Biden, a billion five with the Bank of China. Um, and and again, the, the Joe Biden has said nothing to threats against our military or, quote, reunification threats with Taiwan. Or you must get permission to land an airplane in Taiwan, which I never thought would happen or get lectured on human rights. My question then is. If the last name was Trump and your sons were making money in China, Russia, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, uh, if your sons uh, lied on a gun application and threw that gun in uh, a, a garbage basket or wastebasket, if your sons were on video with smoking crack and with hookers, uh, would the question not logically become, do you believe these countries have compromising materials, potentially the very thing, you know, remember Adam Schiff compromising materials uh, on Trump uh, when they didn't have it and he was being scammed. Do you see any potential for compromise here? Because it doesn't make sense to me to give Putin a waiver. So this story, the tape, the new tape that just came out two days ago has not been on any mainstream media at all. It was on your show and a couple of shows, but no mainstream. It wasn't on NBC or CBS or ABC. It wasn't on CNN. It wasn't on any. It's Hunter Biden. It's the worst thing I've seen. You can't even imagine this. And look, I hope families live well. But what they're doing is they're doing political persecutions with their prosecutors, whether they're local or federal. And our people didn't do that. The Republicans don't do it to anywhere. I mean, they just... It's like a different world. They use prosecutors for persecution and it's happening. And our country is angry about it and they see it. But what's going on with Hunter and China and Russia and all of that. I mean, they go after people for much for tiny little things. And and here's somebody that 
took vast amounts of money out of China and out of Ukraine and out of Russia, three and a half million dollars from the mayor's wife and Chris Wallace wouldn't let me talk about that during a debate. He wouldn't even let me bring it up. Well, that has nothing to do. I said it has a lot to do with it. But it's a very sad period of time for our country. Everything's going bad. We have inflation. The economy's going to go to hell. We have inflation like we haven't seen in a long time. I think it's much worse if you look just at energy. And when energy goes up, everything goes up because it's all about energy. Everything goes up. But you look at the price of food where it's being doubled and tripled in some cases. We're going to have inflation that's good. And I remember with Jimmy Carter. And the good thing is for Jimmy is that Jimmy's looking like a much better president right now because you're comparing. You always have to have comparisons. But I remember with Jimmy Carter, with the big inflation, the prime rate went to 21 percent, 21 percent. And the country came to a halt, worse than a halt. Well, I'll tell you, we have a we better get on. We better get our act together. That's all I can say. You look at what's going on with our economy and with inflation and so many other things. Anwar in Alaska, biggest drilling site in the world. I got it open. Ronald Reagan couldn't do it. Nobody could do it for 67. They've been trying for 60, 70 years. I got it done and it was just terminated. The biggest site in the world, bigger than probably bigger than Saudi Arabia in terms of oil. I got it done and they just terminated it. And the people of Alaska are very upset. Okay. They are very upset with their Senator Murkowski and and others. But here's the greatest thing. And, and they ended. So we had energy independence. And now we don't. Instead of begging OPEC, uh, Governor Abbott, and we're praying for him tonight. I know that it was that he, he announced that he had COVID today, a break, another breakthrough case. Um, I want, oh, instead of begging OPEC, why don't we just go back to doing what was working for you instead of allowing millions of people into this country with a high rate of COVID positivity in the middle of pandemic and then dispersing them all around the country. Why don't we go back to the stay in Mexico policy, the border wall building and uh, end process and release and protect our borders? I mean, they, they seem to be things all, that can be simply be resolved. Yeah. Well, nothing simple. You know, the things we won on the border were won through courts. It took a long time. And then all of a sudden they gave them up. We had to make deals with Mexico. The president of Mexico is a great guy. We're very friendly and we did a deal. I had 28,000 soldiers paid for by Mexico, his soldiers on the border, not letting people in. And we didn't pay anything. I promised not to tariff his cars during this period, but that's okay, whatever it takes. But we didn't have people coming in during the construction of the wall. And the wall worked. I mean, it's, you know, it was, we built almost 500 miles. They could finish it in a month. Now they're paying billions of dollars not to finish the wall. It's not even believable. And the contractors that haven't been, I mean, they're, they're just having a field day. But when you look at all of this stupidity, I don't think our country can take it. And I don't think our people can take it either. Let me ask you, you know, the American people now are watching, you know, what will be a 25 to 30 year record of illegal immigrants coming into the country when you had said it. 25-year low of illegal immigrants coming into the country. America, the American people now, many are angry about mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, but none of these restrictions are being applied to people that are not respecting our laws, our borders, and our sovereignty. How do you explain that? And do you support the, the restrictions well, on Americans, but not illegal immigrants? Yeah. 
First of all, on the border, it's not 25 years. It's the worst in history. It's not the worst in 25 years. We've never had a situation where massive caravans of people are pouring into our country. So it's the worst ever. As far as the vaccine, I'm very proud of it. I push the FDA like they've never been pushed. They don't like me too much. I'm not so sure I like them. Very bureaucratic. But I got them to approve a great vaccine, three of them, in a period of less than nine months. I was told by Fauci and everybody else it would take three to five years and probably five, and it probably won't even happen. And I got it done in less than nine months. So I consider it a great achievement. I actually think that if we didn't get it done worldwide, you would have another Spanish flu, which killed almost 100 million people, according to history, Mr. 50 to 100. They don't even know. But uh, I would I would love people to take the vaccine. In the meantime, wear your mask if you want. But again, you want your freedoms. You have to have your freedoms. Let me let me. I know the obvious question as we had with the last minute of the program available is, will you are you considering a run again in 2024? I'll let you answer it any way you want, but I'll go back to our original question. Now that we have all these Americans behind enemy lines, do you have in the 45 seconds we have left? What what would you do now? to help that with that specific situation. So because the campaign finance laws are extremely complicated and unbelievably stupid, I'm actually not allowed to answer that question. Can you believe it? <laughs> I'd love to answer it. But let me put it this way. I think you'll be happy. And I think a lot of our friends will be very happy, but I'm not actually allowed to answer it. It makes it very difficult if I do. So people, you're going to be happy because I love this country and I hate to see what's happening. Would to you it. be willing to get on the phone? with the people that you gave very harsh words to and talk to them on behalf of the Americans that are behind enemy lines tonight, we have 15 seconds. Well, I would, but you know, they're not into words, they're into strength. And the strength is the president because he controls, you know, I rebuilt the military. We had an obsolete yeah. military. We had old jets, we had 45 year old jets. We Mr. rebuilt president. this military and created Space Force, but. The answer is I'd like to help, but you have to do it through the strength of the president's office. And Biden Mr. has president. dissipated that strength. We are no longer respected. We're out of time, sir. Thank you for your time. We'll have you back soon. We appreciate you being with us. Laura is going to have a great show next. Don't miss it. Straight ahead. Well, Ann, what did you guys think about that? Pretty interesting. I'm going to leave it at that because I really need a read right now. And um, that's what I'm feeling right now. I need a raid. So how's we all go and read this guy? Um, he's the, <laughs> I'm the only person in his channel. And, <clears throat> excuse me, he's playing a guitar and stuff. So, okay. So I think we need to raid him because he's by himself. And just check out some new talent. What do you guys think? I think um, I need a little bit of a pick-me-up. Um, so let's... um. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Because I need to pick me up after all that. We'll unpack that tomorrow. I'll start a little bit early tomorrow for you guys. Um, well, I'll try to. Here we go. God bless everyone. I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Now let's give him a warm, loving welcome. Okay, let's do this. Let's go.
here you go again You say you want your freedom Well, who am I to keep it down? It's only right that you should play the way you feel But listen carefully to the sound Of your loneliness like a heartbeat drives you mad In the stillness of remembering what you had And what you love and what you have And what you love Oh, thunder only happens when it's raining Plants only love you when they're playing Say women, they will come and they will Oh, when the rain washes